I'm Walter Day, the father of esports, and you're watching the Factory Sealed Retro Gaming Podcast. Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is August 11th, 2019. My name is Eric Peters and joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. Well, hello. You look lovely today, Dan. Oh, thank you, dear. You look positively spiffing yourself. Mm, quite. You know who else looks positively spiffing? If I was in the market for a stupid American fellow with a weird head, you'd be the one I'd pick. <laughs> <laughs> lucky for you, I'm not on the market. Damn it. I'm sure I saw you on Grinder once. <laughs> what? I'm on Bumble, thank you. <laughs> and fresh off the lamb, Mr. Zach Foley. Hello. Zach, Zach get off the lamb. Leave the lamb alone. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't help a sheep reference. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, I'm Jack. back from not hurting children. Not a single I don't one. I have to start you. all shows that way now. <laughs> yes, it's uh, part of the plea agreement. That's right. <laughs> made him, made him sign a contract before he went to MoreCon this year. <laughs> Disclaim. Yes, as I got off the airport, there was a lovely woman with a pen. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you must be Mr. Foley. Now, now, sir, please read carefully through this legislation. Now, you will notice the paragraph which details not flinging piss-soaked rags into children's eyes. <laughs> Where's the clause that prohibits them from sticking their head under the stall door? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we are back from Ocon. We are. We are. We made it. My wallet's only slightly gaping. Oh, it was it's a fun gaping. Event. Oh, is that French toast? Shabba for, for the French toast. Oh. French toast has arrived. 38. Yeah. Eat again. But it's the American way. Eat again. <laughs> Eat again. Shabba. Hi, Christy. Hi, Christy. Well, that was unexpected. It was. Yeah. I guess I have French toast to eat now. I apologize. Oh, I'm so jealous, man. Or as Dan calls it, eggy bread. Eggy bread. Eggy bread. Now the show can begin. <laughs> Dumb name, Dan. It's not eggy bread. It's, to- it's French toast. Uh, Tom Raggin's not here. Mike's not here. Where are those two? Uh, Tom is doing wedding stuff. Doing wedding stuff. Yeah, he had to fly back to merry old England, which is why he couldn't come to Mocon. Um, apparently, he <laughs> had to uh, book a castle for his venue. Mm. I'm surprised Not he didn't just use one of his many castles that he already owns yeah, you see, he's, for the it, purpose. It's all part of the. It's all part of the ruse. See, maybe when you're that rich, you've got so many castles that your castles just. Don't cut it. Like, you're just used to them castles, yeah. and you really need to get yourself a new castle when you get married, you know? But Tom hasn't just booked this venue. He bought that castle. <laughs> it's, it's his wedding castle. <laughs> Could you imagine that? You walk in, yes, how much is this venue for half a day? It's $10,000. Ah, how much to buy it, I meant. 
He chose that not will, to go with that the Airbnb. Will be Thirty-six million dollars, <laughs> sir. Oh, we'll get to the Airbnb. Oh, the Airbnb was a wonderful thing. Oh boy, we should we should talk about MoCon, Zach. All right, we should I can do that. We should talk about that because there is. Can like, we talk about getting to MoCon? Because I have another story. There is a oh yes, there is a lot of <laughs> MoCon talk here this this week. We had a lot going on. But yeah, so uh, getting there, getting there was a treat for both of us, actually. Yeah, that's going to be a yearly habit where flights are delayed, weather events pop up. I'm brutalized by someone on the plane. I think that's <laughs> just so. This year was it was it my like, fault. What oh, wait, was Dan? last year when you got attacked by midgets or something? No, he didn't get attacked. No. He was mentally, uh, excuse me, he was mentally assaulted by one by watching midget porn. Oh yeah! yeah la- last year I was just changed as a person. This year I was physically assaulted by a large man sitting next to me. So, <laughs> so my flight was delayed going out I of Atlanta. Laugh, the- but you got <laughs> oh, this you is will. an hour and an hour and ten minute flight that took three hours uh, because we had weather going out of Atlanta. Um, it was one of those where I was supposed to be boarding and the plane wasn't there yet. So I knew I was going to be late. Poor Eric had been at the airport for like two and a half hours by the time I even took off. Yeah. And stupid me decided that uh, as we we're standing at the gate, I'm going, oh, I'm going to gate side check my bag. And as soon as the guy took it and put it under the plane, I went, no, I need that back because <laughs> I recalled this. I had five hours to sit in the airport. And as soon as I watched it go away, it clicked in my brain. Well, they're going to put that at baggage claim and you're going to have to leave the secure area to go get your bag. And guess what? There is fuck all outside the security area to do. Hopefully there's a bar. There wasn't. It was a shitty Italian restaurant and a Starbucks. And I had a migraine that I had to pay 15 bucks for an Excedrin pill to get rid of and just sit there and watch luggage go in a circle for four hours. Um, (laughs) Didn't you have an Alka-Seltzer which could have kicked in and got rid of it? I did. Oh, the all powerful Alka Seltzer. I didn't. Yeah. No. It would have cost $11. Alka Seltzer so. cues all disease. As long as you're in America. Yeah, so I'm sitting there in the airport just updating Zach's flight, and somehow it's managing to go up in time. As he's in flight, it just continues like, hey, it'll be here at 4 30. Now it'll be here at 5. Oh, guess what? Now it'll be here at 6. Yeah, I think I finally got there at like 6 15. Again, I was supposed to be there at like no later than five and uh we had some weather going out of atlanta it was not i I fly all the time and i am not adverse to a little turbulence this was like a roller coaster to be absolutely fair uh we flew through nashville and then like somehow wound up flying around arkansas altogether i think we were over at texas at some point because the weather was so bad (laughs) and none of that was as bad as the gentleman that i sat next to who is a nine and a half i am not a small guy uh, from all that have ever met me, I'm not dainty, petite, waffer-like, or thin. But the man who sat next to me made me look like the midget that was masturbating on the first plane. <laughs> he was easily nine feet tall and weighed, and not 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 like a hefty gentleman, not like, you know, I ate too many tacos. I mean, just nine dude. foot tall, solid muscle. He was, uh, oh, where did he say? He was from uh, Nairobi. And so he's an African gentleman. And Built like his a brick name, shit house. Yeah, dude was solid, nine feet tall. I mean, he could have been a linebacker for any NFL team. First class wasn't a choice; it was a requirement. <laughs> this, and and I will. I he told me his name. It was like eighty-one syllables long. <laughs> it was like Ojuan de 
De, de Argentine, de Be- and I know this because we had a long conversation about his death during all of his first flights, weather related turbulence. He was very afraid, um, but I decided at some point just to cut it off in the middle, and he became Umbak Fufu to me. <laughs> and Umbak, <laughs> and Umbak Fufu. Seriously, like I, I don't mean any disrespect to Umbak Fufu, but in the middle of your name, there was like a, and I just can't remember the rest of it after the, so. Umbuk Fufu was terrified when we hit turbulence and began to like flail his arms and grab me with his giant meaty hands that he could have palmed four basketballs at once with and just brutalized me. And he was terrified to his credit. He was like, and he was doing some sort of like prayer. Yeah, I got the hell kicked out of me. And then the weather stopped and it was lovely. And Umbak Fufu watched something on the airplane that he found. He found to be the funniest thing on earth. And God bless that man for not holding his emotions on the inside. For the rest of that flight, laughed like, ha, 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 ha. He was not wearing headphones and did not care. And I was getting drunk by that point, so I didn't care. But everybody else was afraid of him. And I kind of like, no, he's just laughing. He's a, he's a good guy. But yeah, I got off the plane a different person. I'm smaller now. <laughs> Mocom <Bruised>. changes you. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an interesting flight. But I got there and poor Eric was just sitting there, head in hand. He had just played $16 for two Excedrin. But I was feeling good. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was a fine ride to the Target to spend ninety one dollars on something. No, no, we then we had to struggle <laughs> to get our goddamn rental car. Let me tell you about this rental car. Uh, oh yeah. So let I me forgot tell about you the rental about car. Me rental car. I'm not particularly short. Zach's not particularly small. We are two relatively <laughs> large dudes. Yep. I think they gave us the smallest car on the lot. But let me let me quantify that with it was simultaneously the largest car i've ever been in <laughs> as well as the smallest car i've ever been in they decided oh, the, the, that, the little known tardis car there yeah they it was so weird like the left, it was crazy the left half of the car was absolutely microscopic where zach was sitting the right half of the car was absolutely colossal where i was sitting they gave us a brand new volkswagen jetta and uh, we're like, oh, this would be kind of neat. You know, my wife was looking at possibly getting one of these cars. It would be a good opportunity. We both climb into it and within three seconds went, yeah, this isn't going to work. Zach goes in and he's trying to get the seat farther back because it's just squishing in and I'm sitting in there. And you know how when you sit on a car seat, like the the seat comes up to like maybe halfway point on your thighs? Well, this came all the way forward. I felt like a two-year-old at the dinner table with my legs sticking straight out because I physically could not bend my legs to put them down on the floor. So I'm sitting there thinking, Jesus, how big is this car? And I look over and Zach is just smashed in like a marshmallow stuffed through a straw. Yeah, my knees were up by my ears as I tried to tow the pedals. His head was all And my head was above the windshield. This was not a convertible. The windshield stopped about right here. And all I could see was carpeted roof down to the tiny, tiny, tiny rear view mirror, which I was trying to angle so I could see out the front. And we looked at each other like, maybe we should switch cars. Maybe. (laughs) Nah, crack on. Well, then we went in and that lady lady had no sense of humor not she wanted to go one home. ounce oh that was after i hit the the uh the guy in the head with my suitcase getting yeah, off of that the was shuttle. Good. <laughs> he 
gave me a look I will never forget because he was helping everybody get their suitcases off and there was this little old lady there and he was helping her down the stairs and I got impatient and I grabbed my suitcase with one hand and pulled it and immediately went oh shit he's still there here it goes can't stop it smash him in the head on the way down <laughs> sorry dude yeah, we, weren't, we weren't popular it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't umbak fufu was it no, 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 no I, 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 that was the thing umbak fufu was Missouri, catching be a connecting a flight I'm not sure, like, but Umbuk Fufu was catching a connecting flight, and I was just racking my brains. Where the fuck do you connect to from Missouri? (laughs) What part of Roby land in Missouri? (laughs) How did you get here, and where are you going? I need information. Because I am betting on that team. That dude, seriously, he was the sweetest, nicest guy, but he could have taken all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out by himself. He was crazy big and just, I know because he grabbed my arm because he thought he was going to die that like he could have just crushed my skull. And he was connecting to somewhere. It must have been somewhere in Canada. That was the only thing I think. Like, he is going to play for a Canadian team that's going to whoop ass this year. And I was disappointed because I wanted to meet this guy. I was hoping he would have been a, a Zach's baggage claim. But nope. Damn it. No, I, I heard his large plodding steps just rage <laughs> off towards the next gate. It's <laughs> <laughs> leaving cracks on the floor as he moves. <laughs> yeah. Then we we decided that Missouri is the worst state to drive in. Oh, my God. Is it ever? Chad, if you could provide us with some insight as to why the hell half the shit that you guys have there is laid out the way it is, I would be much obliged. Because sometimes you're on the left side of the road, sometimes you're on the right. When the car tells you to take a right and there's a right right there, it doesn't mean that right. It means a right three rights up, even though there's a sign that says take the first right. No, just kidding. We meant the third right. It's like driving through French Canada. It's crazy. It just left, right, left, right. There are exit lanes off like to the highway, which you have to go everywhere on the highway in Missouri, which is fine. But getting to the highway is a chore. Yeah, but getting to the highway and understanding like, am I on the right side of the road? Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to turn anyway. You know, (laughs) I I thought it was bad. I have some friends that live in um, Tucson. And when I drove, when I drove down to Tucson, like I was amazed by the quality of the roads and how they dropped off right as you got out of Phoenix. And like they started putting posthumous signs like, hey, there's a dip in the room. And then there's a sign. That was a dip. You You really should have slowed down for that. But nothing like Missouri. (laughs) It's like having Eric navigate anywhere for you. Hey, you should have turned back there. (laughs) <laughs> I was definitely not in my navigation game this past weekend. I no. definitely was not. And I'm usually really good with uh, navigation skills, but that's how much Missouri yeah, yeah, threw me yeah, off like, my like game. That t- like that time we went to uh, that place in the desert where Tom proposed to Kat and you said it was a really, really short walk and it turned out to be nearly an hour long. <laughs> Look, it is not my fault, A, that the road said you could drive right up there, but then when we got to that road, there were two giant boulders preventing my Alfa Man, Romeo I don't know, from I don't going know down. about you, but I would not like to try and drive a car up to where we were. Because <laughs> that was pretty damn high. Secondarily, oh, no, it is not my fault that you wore some sort of gentleman quarterly fashion outfit to go hiking in the Sedona Desert. <laughs> you said it wasn't far. <laughs> Mr. GQ over here. Hiking in Arizona just sounds like a recipe to die. It is. I just and I I I travel a lot out west. I'm in Colorado all the time. And Dan, I can absolutely tell you that's a thing. Like when you go to 
when you go out to Colorado, for example, and drive up to the mountains, they'll just tell you, like, there's a 50 percent chance you're going to die from driving up this road. But, you know, hey, Have fun. go for it if you want. You know? <laughs> In that case, I'm kind of glad we didn't drive up the road and just parked at the end and walked. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing, too, during the yeah. summer. I really, enjoy, gets- I really enjoyed the walk. I'm not co- I'm not really complaining about it. I'm just seeing Eric's a truly trouble, terrible navigator. No way. <laughs> so- nah, we, got, we got everywhere we needed to be. Yeah. We did. We did make lots of U-turns in Missouri. I'm sorry if you're not a U-turn state. You are now. I oh. broke your cherry. I oh. did U-turns everywhere. Even where we are not supposed to do U-turns, we were doing U-turns. Yeah. There's like a posted no U-turn sign. Nope. Guess what? <laughs> I have a shitty navigator. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, one of my favorite memories of America is when we were in like two different cars. I can't remember who was in Yenthusak, but I was in with Eric, and we were trying to direct you where to go, and we're just shouting out of the windows at you <laughs> to try and get you to understand where we're going. I bet you didn't hear an absolute word we said whatsoever, but... I didn't, because I had was- Mike shouting in my ear, I have to pee! <laughs> <laughs> I kept shouting back at you, he has to pee now! Daddy Foley, <laughs> I need the bathroom! <laughs> No, it was not a daddy fly. He was like, I have to piss. Like, okay, I'll get off the road. No, I have to piss now. Like, okay, I'll pull up to this restaurant. Like, you, I can't wait. Okay. You will lose your rental right deposit here. if you do not pull over now. <laughs> <laughs> then we went uh, to, uh, yeah, you're right. We went to Target and we shopped like eight-year-olds without a budget and no adult supervision. That's right. Once again, my stomach is worse for the wear. Oh, God. I felt terrible after this last weekend's diet it was yeah, it, looked, it looked pretty bad. dumb bad. it was bad traditional uh mocon breakfast is traditional mega stuff oreos followed by ihop yep and then all and, we had uh, was chips I, and I, I wasn't aware there were key lime pie doritos but apparently there are it was crazy <laughs> it was yeah um, <laughs> they sound horrendous they weren't key oh, they lime were, pie. but in a wonderful way <laughs> <laughs> We've effectively destroyed two hotel rooms at that same hotel now. Yeah, and they keep having us back. That's odd. Like, oh, please come back. Really? Well, oh, they'll definitely right. have us back this time because we left way too much stuff in that room. Yeah. We bought way more we beer left- than we could have possibly ever hoped to drink. And we drank a lot. That was the part that vexed me. Like We, we tried. We desperately constantly tried. And still left like at least a 12-pack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of super alcoholic, like 9 and 10%. Beer. Vomiting lettuce beer. Yep. I think it was like Elysian it was, space dust or something. They thought that the, their best mascot <laughs> would be a head of lettuce vomiting stars. Yeah, yeah well, it worked. It worked on YouTube, so. Hell yeah, we bought it. We're like, that looks great. Um, yep. Then we did the sour. What's that? We had the sour things. Oh, the sour punch done. draws. We had dots. Oh, dots. Yep. We had a oh, big old bag bowls. of Reese's pieces. Nope. Now, as right. somebody who has shared a hotel room before with Mr. Peterson, I can confirm that his bowels do not cope well with various foods. So, Zach, I'm quite shocked that you're still alive, to be quite honest, because Listen, after he, spending a night I in used Lincoln to be a frail with white rabbit pie farts <laughs> and then been now. walking up by the bells of the frigging cathedral in the morning, I, <laughs> I've, I, had, be- I've I, had better nights. <laughs> I, I've discovered that if you give Eric Mr. Pibb... Oh. It just it's life changing. Oh, and like, I warned the, the you. Hooks. I warned you. You warned me and then ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be bad. I'll take four Mr. Pibs. I wanted the to talk about for the me this he, he kept the rabbit pie farts contained under the covers, but as soon as he emerged from the covers, it was like a gas sword. <laughs> we didn't even bother around. trying to trying to uh, contain them this weekend. 
No. It was just that hotel was worse from it. It was it was it was not good. We had some trouble because we brought a PlayStation Classic that seemed great. I I brought it. I, I brought a PlayStation Classic and then immediately discovered that I had brought nothing associated with it. So like my SD card, cables. I brought like the actual console. <laughs> that was it. And a controller. And like that was it. That just, was all just, I managed to bring. Just admire this piece of lovely hardware, gentlemen. Exactly. <laughs> and even on the so, even on my way to the airport, I sent Zach a message. Should I bring anything for my play for the PlayStation Classic? Nope, got it all. Yep, didn't bring any of it. Not a damn thing. So that was one of the reasons that we went to Target was so that I could buy a $40 HDMI cable (laughs) and a a $12 charger and a $34 USB splitter that it should cost a quarter. Oh my God, that USB splitter. Um, And then we spent all weekend figuring out what SD cards don't work with the PlayStation Classic. And I think we bought three of them total and none of the three worked. Got home. No, my 25 cent one works fine. The one that the one that I brought with that by all accounts should not have worked because it had blinking lights and a time traveling device and some sort of calculator on it and spinning rims. It worked fine. Yep. (laughs) But it only had we played one game at a time for three days straight. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. Here's my two gig flash drive. Yeah, but it did affirm my belief that the PlayStation Classic is a $20 toy item, is a wonderful buy, as long as you can find an SD card that works. Um, Super portable, really easy to get going. I think we, the games that we bought at MoCon, we took a couple of them and put them on there in, what, five minutes flat, just to make sure they work. They were were mega reduced over here during um, Amazon Prime Day. Oh, did you Uh, get one? They were down to about £20, but uh, Mike sent me the link and... The deal had literally expired within the, like the, that half an hour, Whoa. so that we're back up uh, like fifty pounds. So I was like, nah, not for that much. I don't know that I'd go for one at fifty. I got mine for thirty. I got mine and for it thirty. Was a, yeah, yeah, it was a good deal at thirty. Yeah. Uh, anything over that, I wouldn't. But they'll go back down again because there's yeah. obviously inventory everywhere. So when you see one cheap, boys and girls, buy one. Yeah. Well, see that they're doing the um, Mega Drive Genesis Classic this year as well, and so, yeah. and the Turbo Graphics oh, Classic. Oh God! Yeah. Now that Splatterhouse is on that. Yep. <sighs> Can't wait. That's going to be, I, I tell you what, kids, the TurboGrafx Mini, if it's, especially if it's hackable, is going to be the buy of the century because that is, as you'll learn from our MoCon adventures, not a cheap console to collect for. Um, and some of those games are just absolutely locked off. By the way, um, Splatter, Splatterhouse is what is, my house is going to be when Final Fantasy VII comes out <laughs> next March. <laughs> <laughs> Splatterhouse 2, the ghostening. (laughs) It's got a soundtrack. It's just whack, 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 whack. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. Then that that Friday, we did our our traditional game store rounds to uh, trade and game, good old Bodax, and then we added a few new ones in there. But um, we were joined this year. We were. We you were. Really were. This, is, this was amazing. I we were this. joined. Yeah. So after Zach and I went and absolutely demolished an IHOP, uh, we... <laughs> that is a that is a true, that was another this, literal so th- statement. I think that's the theme of this, this year is being put in things that are too small for us. So Lady sits us down at this booth that I think was designed for newborns. And yeah. <laughs> so we... Like Eric and I were playing footsie underneath it because there was nowhere for our legs to go. <laughs> 
That's that's what he wants you to think. We right. walked in and the lady's like, do you want a table or a booth? And I said, booth. Zach says table. And we were like, all right, well, wherever you put us. So she puts us at this booth and we just smash into it. Like, we, neither of us could physically sit there. And she walks away without even recognizing how uncomfortable we are. We just get up. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we need to go to a different table. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we yeah. made our way down to uh, Trading Game. And we were there for, I don't know, maybe five minutes before uh, our first entourage showed up mr wilfredo yep. garcia and his wife kelly 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 yep they showed up and met us and they weren't horrified by us they, they I, were horrified by the fact that they walked in the store we were in there for five minutes and then i was behind the counter <laughs> we both just opened the gate to go behind the counter like hey what do you got back here <laughs> i was like eh, it's fine he knows me yeah. but uh yeah they joined us at, at trading game and uh, that guy has moved his entire personal collection to his store so his i think his yeah. store was an old bank yeah and the back room is the vault so he's got this big steel door that you opens up and it's got the big spinning oh, so dial cool, on the man. front of it but yeah. so he was the one that last year had that big kiosk warehouse uh that we showed you guys the video of which he sold all of it yeah every kiosk gone but he bought a house with it so i'm assuming he made some good money off of it uh, but he's moved his entire personal collection into that vault. And every single game I asked him if he had, like, maybe, I bet he doesn't have this one. Boom, had it, complete. Like, do you have Brandine yep. with the map? Fuck yeah, Brandine right there. Do you have Rock and Roll Racing in the box? Yeah, right there. And that's where I learned that Wilfredo's wife, Kelly, has Rock and Roll Racing in the box. And when he, when uh, when when the trading game guy declined my offer to purchase it, she immediately declined it as well. She's like, I'm not selling mine because you want it. So, no, I've got something you want. It's fucking hilarious. Yep. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and when you talk about a collection and a complete collection, like, he's got sealed copies of Snatcher. Oh. He's got graded versions of games that are just, oh, his you know, graded tens of shelf thousands was of dollars. Insane. Yeah, he's got an actual extra vault that's got um, all his graded stuff in it, which are, like, the really high dollar games. And somehow, yeah, like, 50 that bars that of like silver. That guy needs a vault. To keep yeah. all that shit yeah, he does. secure. He, he really does. Could you imagine if yeah. that... What do you think his insurance is on that? It can't be cheap. I mean, with a vault, it's probably much better because it's... You know, he talked about it. It's like an entire encapsulated sealed vault. The only ventilation is like two tiny air vents. So it's fireproof. You know, he, he's, he's got the best place for it. But I mean, that's a million dollar collection. Easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, minimum. And it's... Yeah, I mean, is he's got an entire that, Genesis um, collection. Is he the fellow who was in the background on that picture? Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. yes, he was. Is, um, I didn't, I didn't even see him. There was so much of that photo going on. First of all, Eric is wearing a T-shirt with my face on it, which, which you didn't just, notice. I didn't no. notice because I got distracted. Then I got distracted by the guy in the background because Mike zoomed in and took a picture of him. So that I got distracted by oh. him, and then about three and a half hours later, I looked at the photo again and went, "He's wearing a T-shirt with my face." on so some context to this about got about two months ago jeremy sanford posted a, a picture that he had photoshopped with dan's face on some old um renaissance era painting of some guy and made it look like he was thinking and he called it but why so i recreated it and made it look like an oil painting and got it put on a t-shirt and uh i've had this for about a month and a half and it's taken every ounce of energy to keep it a secret um, Mike and Dan 
or Mike and Tom and Zach all knew about it. But my whole goal was I'm going to wear this around on Friday to the game stores and then just casually post a picture and see if Dan picks up on it. Sure as shit, he didn't. But the whole theme of our weekend was but why. But why, yeah. Dan, I, I can't tell you how much I giggled until you finally noticed the shirt. Like, we'd just be in some store and I would just start cracking up and I'd see it and be like, how did he not notice it? <laughs> Because it's a brilliant shirt. I actually, it, it's wonderful. It, it, it is very nice. Yeah, yeah I, I think we should do official merch. Official merch. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, um, it's 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 nice that your friend misses you so much that he has to wear you on a t shirt. Actually, it's 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 a nice feeling. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, we broke the we broke the seal at trading game. I broke the seal with a Mega Man game. Yep, shocking. Which I, I didn't need. Shocking. Because, because I already <laughs> <Yeah>. had it. <laughs> that That's another theme of the weekend is force Eric to buy shit he doesn't need and already has. Yep. Yeah, you I never ever get forced to do that. You do that continuously every single day of your, your well, existence. Well, it was a boxed copy of Mega Man Extreme for the Game Boy Color for $50. I went, here, take my money. I'm out of here. Yep. <laughs> you got the first purchase of the day. I did. I think I outspent you that day, but I think I definitely... Uh, I think you definitely got the first purchase of the day. And it wasn't at a goodwill, so I was happy about that. Yeah, and it was not a 75-cent Disney VHS. (laughs) Can't break the Mocon seal with a Disney VHS anymore. That's cheating. Uh, But yeah, trading game. that We we, found some good games. Yeah, we went down to... Well, I don't know. I feel like our our Friday run was a little more lackluster than last year. Because I didn't come out with a blue game gear. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, how could you ever top the non-working blue game gear that you haven't recapped a year later? <laughs> no, I mean, we found some good stuff. We did wander into a store that we didn't mean to that smelled like a chemical toilet. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh. I was afraid to uh, ask where the bathroom was. Cause at this point, I had to piss, and I was afraid he was going to go, hey, just go anywhere. It's, it's right. It's right here. You're in it. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, the other thing. And it was. What's that? Oh, go ahead. The, the other no, thing about all of the game stores in Missouri, and I don't know if this is a, a law, but every single box is sun damaged. Yeah. It's like I live in arguably the sunniest state in the country, and our game stores don't suffer from that. Every store, just you walk in, you're like, oh, well, looks like they stuck this in a window for five years. Just sun faded yep. and shitty and smelly. Well, and like, I think all of them have a rule that the stores must face east. All of them, but trading games. All the stores must face east, and every copy of every expensive game must sit in front of the window. Because you just walk up and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm they're standing got, in front of them like they're my children exactly. in front of a they're car. Like, no! t- it's, a, it's an extra sealed challenge. You have to get it before it's damaged. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to melt the plastic onto the game. Uh, yeah. Eric, Eric would love that. It would be like doubly sealed Ooh. forever. I'm It'd on never board. Open. I am on board. Even with a ceremonial and sealing sword, you wouldn't get through it. Yeah, we, we had really good luck the first day. Um, and we actually wandered into some new stores. And accidentally and was, wandered into one that we specifically didn't want to go to, but ended up at somehow because we can't read a map. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one that smelled like the chemical toilet. The one the year before that store smelled like desperation and a mail order bride, but this year <laughs> it definitely smelled like there was a portage on 
in the middle of everything, and everything was priced like six thousand dollars too high. Oh, like, hey, how'd you like, like this like coffee? A, there wasn't a child there, like shuffling around, looking a bit blind or anything, was there? Because around the uh, toilet, yeah. there. <laughs> it was near the Walmart. It was. Now that I think of it, we drove by that about five times, and every time we just put our hand up to our eyes, like keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. <laughs> the, yeah. the kid, the kids at the talking to the proprietor of the store, like, um, that's that's him. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will Fredo kept trying to get us. I, I you have to go to the Walmart. Like, no, we don't. No, no, you don't understand. We don't go there. <laughs> they had big pictures of us in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, but we did. Well. I went specifically to Mocon this year looking for a boxed copy of uh, Body Harvest. Oh god! And I walked into a store and just, despite the store being just littered with stuff, looked up and just it caught my eye. I was like, yes. There's one. I paid 30 bucks. And that was where I uh, fulfilled my Mocon destiny. And uh, yep, sure was. I found my copy of Rock and Roll Racing loose. And I was about ready to give up on it, too, as as, uh, we were talking to the guy. I just went, yeah, you know, one thing I'm looking for this year that I just can't seem to find anywhere is a copy Rock and Roll Racing. He goes, it's right there. And I'm standing right fucking in front of it. So which shows me I would not have known what I was looking for anyway. Uh, it's a very nondescript case or nondescript label. As, as so. someone who's known you for a prolonged period of time, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I want. I don't know how to get it. I just get it. Oh, Dan, you would have loved it. There were so many times we were standing next to each other and Eric was paying and I would just wait until he had his cash in hand and was paying and then I'd snag something that he wanted that he didn't see. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> And he just look at me like you son of a bitch. Hey, you, you were done. Fucking Einhander. We'll get to that. But this store where we uh, found Body Harvest and Rock and Roll Racing is where we then met up with the next uh, piece of our entourage. Yep. Cody Halverson made the drive down from Minneapolis. Uh, I think Cody. he's originally from Missouri. I think so. But he's doing an and internship. If we're getting that wrong, there. we're sorry. Yeah. Well, I. I, we have to we have to talk about Cody's housing situation. Jesus, so because I feel I feel really bad that we didn't invite him to stay just on the floor of our hotel room under the layer of gas, just because he would have been better off. <laughs> I contemplated so it when he told us where where he was staying. Um, yeah, we had a we had a group chat and and we said this is the hotel where we're going to be staying at. You know, stay here or somewhere near so we can all be around. Apparently, Cody when he was doing Air, Airbnb and I'd say probably Airbnb. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sorted by location, and then when he refreshed it, that filter fell off. So he sorted by price instead, and just chose the cheapest one. And it was in the absolute worst part of St. Louis. We've dubbed it yeah. his Airbnb and E for breaking and entering because it was so <laughs> unbelievably shit. He sent us pictures when he got there, and we're like, "Dude, that's not safe. Like that does not. Yeah. That genuinely looks like you're going to die." Uh, cars up on blocks, uh, yeah. just God. police helicopters everywhere, and there's clear drug deals happening down the street. There's yeah, just a the homeless trying to sell him drugs as he walked in the front door. <laughs> the bars on the window, no front door. It, it was the yeah. most terrifying place. So we checked in with him pretty regularly that night. Like, are you still alive? Are you still breathing? Cody, are you okay? please, please let us know that you're here. But like twelve minutes and thirteen beers would go by. Oh shit! Where's Cody? <laughs> So he woke us up the next morning. He's like, hey, survive the Airbnb. I'm out of here. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, we went to. So after we that met up, that makes with more it, sense now because he posted a picture of all of his finds with a lovely Airbnb room in um, quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was so pleasant. That makes more sense now. But oh yeah, we um, all got together and went to to Chad's house Friday night. Yep, and had one hell of a time. Yeah. Chad, thank you again for the hospitality. You are always so gracious to accept all of us dumbasses. Hey, we showed up with beer <laughs> and, and wine for his wife, and uh, right. he supplied us with with grilled ribs and Emo's pizza. Oh, oh, so good! And then hours and hours of smash. Oh man, in his new theater room downstairs, that was great. Yep, it was it was wondrous. And then I licked all his games in his <laughs> game collection room again. <laughs> Yeah, I just on sat the way there and like plied myself against him like, I'm just going to live here now. We'd actually almost forgotten about it because we were downstairs and he'd yeah. moved all his stuff upstairs. And as we were walking out, we we're like, oh, my God, everybody's walking towards the door. And Zach and I just gravitate into this room and just glue ourselves to the wall. <laughs> yeah, everybody else is still in like we're meeting you for the first time level of gracious and we're not. We're just like, it's fucking Chad. <laughs> We've been here before. We've touched this stuff. <laughs> we're allowed in here again. <laughs> we are worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Chad has one of the most ridiculous, amazing 3DO collections on earth. And uh, I got to tell you, I don't think he's proud of that, though, because nobody he's not. Nobody's collecting for the 3DO. (laughs) No, but it's wonderful. (laughs) It's so cheap. It makes me feel so tingly. (laughs) It does. Dan, you should get a 3DO and collect for it. It's really good. I like I I, I have a a very odd taste. I'm, I'm eclectic in terms of what I collect. I collect definitely autobiographically. But I also yeah. collect on the sidebar of that just things that suck beyond all sucking. And the 3DO is in that realm. I think the 3DO has like three good games for it. I'm still. So, of course, it's a collection that I need. That and the Jaguar. I'm still waiting or, for the time I can find a Philips CDI for a decent price because I want to collect for that dumpster fire. Yeah, that is a dumpster fire. I did Although see for, I, I did see a copy of Zelda the Sword of Chameleon at uh, <sighs> dude. That was expensive. Yeah, well, it's the there are two good games. There's the Zelda Adventure and the Wand of Gamelion, and they both crank in about four hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know that I'll ever collect for that, but it's uh th- those are definitely unique one of a time finds. Um, yeah. Then after that, we decided we needed to uh, get back to the hotel, drink a shit ton more beer, pass out because it was Mocon the next day. And we had a goal of going back to that Starbucks that we went to originally to see if that that girl was still there and see if she would still hate our jokes as much as she did last year. Um, And unfortunately, she was not there. Yeah. So it turned out just to be a whole lot of coffee. But we also learned that (laughs) that Cody is absolutely terrible at Google Maps. Yeah. Cody wound up at the Starbucks and then drove 40 miles out of his way <laughs> to another location that was not Mocon. <laughs> so we were about And Cody, we love you, but we were not waiting for you. <laughs> we were about 3 miles from uh uh St. Louis Community College. Um I don't know where Cody went. He's like, "Yeah, I went to a, a, a different campus. It was called St. Louis Community College. There wasn't another St. Louis Community College anywhere." Um I don't know where he ended up, but he was half an hour away from us from the time he realized that he was the wrong way. We're like, well, Mocon <laughs> opens in 12 minutes, so we'll see you when you get here. Poor guy. Yeah, But he got he there. Probably had, to pay somebody, he probably had to pay somebody who'd protected him in his Airbnb the night before or something. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that was part of his penance. Also, boy, you got a pretty mouth. Come this way. <laughs> I like your hair. Um, yeah. Oh, but in line is where we then met up with the last piece of the puzzle, James Hall. That's right. He lived a couple hours south, made the trek up. Um, what a treat. We uh, we got James on board with the MoCon, we're going to spend your money as fast as we can game plan. And he was all on board. However, yep. he did make the fatal error of telling both Zach and I that he was interested in collecting for Saturn. Or, uh, yeah, Saturn. Um, yeah. Despite ta- well, trying to uh, tell him otherwise, he persisted. So then we went full on, we're going to spend your money. And yep. uh, what was it like? As a result, he has a wonderful Saturn collection. Now. He does great. <laughs> a nice, complete inbox Sega Saturn. Um, and, a, and a bunch of Japanese Saturn games. That's right. But he did walk out with some great stuff. I mean, I, I say it all in jest, oh, yeah. but the Saturn the Saturn has some wonderful games to it. It's just stupid expensive to collect for. Yeah, and, he, and it's one of those, he, like, if you're not willing to go Japanese on the Saturn side, you're just going to go poverty stricken. The sad it's thing nuts. is, like, I could see it in his face as soon as he, like, he was so proud. He bought that, that box Saturn for a hundred bucks. And I went, congratulations, get ready. And I could see as soon as he started <laughs> looking for the games, like... Oh no, what have I done? Because <laughs> Saturn, like, just basic shitty Saturn games, NBA Jam, or just crap games are still $30, $40 a pop. You can't yeah. cheaply collect for this. Is um, this just because, purely because it had a limited amount of prints for the games? Or? Yeah, the Saturn tanked pretty fantastically. Yeah, the Saturn- yeah. The Saturn was a dumpster fire in the U.S., and that had to do with Sega of Japan just not talking to Sega in the U.S., and the 32X came out, and then like three months later, the Saturn came out, and then toy stores stopped carrying it because they were so pissed at Sega in general. Well, because they just um, released it. They went, hey, E3, guess what? The Saturn is available now. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Where do I get this? Yep. Games weren't ready for it to go. So, yeah, it tanked really hard here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he's right. Even the cheapest Saturn game, I picked up... Um, some just just really middle of the road Saturn games, and I think it was still forty dollars. Yeah. First stuff that on the PlayStation would cost like five bucks. Yep. Yeah. You can get the exact same game, different console, much cheaper. But much to his chagrin and to my joy, I'm still making Eric collect Saturn games because he bought Saturn games at Mocon. We'll, we'll get to that. And in it a makes minute. me so happy in my heart, like right here. It just it beats for that moment <sighs> when he has to buy Saturn games. <laughs> Ah, yep, beat the shit out of my mic again. I'll be coming into the mic. Uh, yeah, so last year we had a a record of like five hundred collective dollars spent in less than five minutes. I don't think we beat that this year. No, but, but I did spend one hundred and eighty dollars with the same vendor in the first three minutes. I think I had. You recognize me? I think I had the first purchase of uh, of Mocon though, because we walked in and looked at that first case, and there was Dune for the Sega CD, and I just threw my cash at him like take it i want it and as soon as i paid for it i realized i paid about double what it's worth so oh well yep. i needed it that because sega cd but yeah that guy did <laughs> recognize you that was quite strange He's like oh yeah you bought a turbo graphics for me last year like oh oh there's that guy from last year that i've been living off his money from from the past year <laughs> oh yeah and he had a couple of TurboGrafx CD games that I really wanted. So yeah, I snatched those in the first couple minutes. We had a nice plan this year for MoCon. Last year, we just kind of went in and went, well, let's go. Um, 
we'd collect or we'd we'd actually kind of curated a really uh, refined list of the games that we were looking for, and we each had about four or five games that was like, all right, if you see this, buy it, no questions asked, because when you go to these game cons, a lot of the the really high profile games disappear quickly. So our first run through the floor was we are just looking for our highest priority games. So we would hit every table and usually the booths are set up in a way that like the really expensive, really high profile games are easy to spot. So we did a quick breeze through probably about an hour's worth. And then the second run through was, all right, now we're looking for the rest of the shit on our list. And then the third run through is just like, all right, whatever the fuck else we find, I'm going to buy this GBA game for 12 cents. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and then in your third and fourth runs, you really lots of vendors have like bins under their tables where they kind of not hide stuff, but it's just stuff that nobody's really going for. But man, you can find some gems in those bins. You mean like uh, Um, the Jelly Belly craze and the Chuck E. Cheese something party and a Wii game called Swords? Yep. Swords. Cheeky Cheeky Boy and all that stuff. We'll get to we'll get to those shit games. But um, (laughs) God. God Almighty! Yeah, we uh, we we spent some money this year, and I almost I, I almost got out, sticking to my guns and saying I'm not buying a console, but I bought a goddamn console this year. Yep. Fortunately, it was just a Game Boy I, Color. I was proud of Eric Dan. You 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 should have seen it. He turned down a Mega Man game, a boxed Mega Man game that no, was not ridiculously priced. Man. It was. I know. It, I tried really hard. I was like, dude, no, you're going to regret it. And I bet right now, even though he says he doesn't, he regrets it. <laughs> I turned it down on principle alone. Yeah. <laughs> because if I did that, then it would be cemented in the fact that Zach can show me any Mega Man game and I'll buy it. <laughs> but it worked with you the normally will. I know. I know. Show you anything Mega Man and you'll buy it. How many Mega Man games? Oh, Oh, I came out with Mega Man Soccer this year. You did? Oh, man. And I pissed off a vendor in the process. I don't think I paid sticker price for anything this year aside from Dune. That's when I learned my lesson. Like, oh, I got burned on that. So I would haggle with literally everybody. Um, Yeah. I give you a dollar. (laughs) This guy had Mega Man Soccer for 60 bucks. And I pulled up price charting and was like, dude, I get it. Like, the con markup is a thing, but double really so he looked at the list he's like yeah but three sales ago it sold for 60 dollars yeah but the the last 180 sales were like 32 bucks i'll give you 40 he's like no so i walked one table over where the guy could still hear me and i offered that guy 40 dollars for it and he took it (laughs) and the other guy could still hear it like well you could have had 40 bucks so yeah that that is a thing. I, I I was a lot more willing to haggle this year because there were things on my list that I knew what the value was. Yeah. Because uh, I'd done some work before I went, um, and then there were things that I tried to haggle, and I knew because it was right about the same mark. You know, there is a con markup. It costs those vendors money to show up at those shows. My con so markup acceptable rate is like ten percent above. Yeah, ten fifteen percent. I'm good, and especially if it's something that I just won't see. Like TurboGrafx CD games are not something I see here local. Um, so, you know, I'll pay for that. I think I paid, um, 110 for my complete ease three. Um, and that was something that was just on my list and I had it on my list for like a buck 20 and I saw it for a buck 10 and I tried to haggle him down to like a hundred and he wasn't having it. So I was like, yep, I'll pay, I'll pay sticker or I'll pay face value for that. The other thing I paid face value for was a sealed copy of snatcher. 
on the Sega Saturn. Yep. That that was my Mocon find of the year. Because yeah. I walked in wanting to buy Snatcher. I'm like, well, I don't know if I really want to drop $600 on it. Um, and sure as shit, one table had a bunch of Japanese uh, imports for pretty much every console imaginable. And Snatcher was right there for 58 bucks. Went, take yep. my cash. And that's where you swiped out Biohazard. Yep. I snagged Biohazard from you, and I also snagged Einhinder from you. Yeah, well, Einhinder I have an excuse for, because I was haggling with a dude about a complete in-box Final Fantasy VII Super Famicom, or Final Fantasy VI Super Famicom, and I, yep. I was waiting for him to get back to me, and stupid me didn't look at the rest of the table in that time, and Zach comes up, he goes, ooh, Einhinder. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> My defense is you didn't even know what it was. I put it in at the hotel and you're like, this is a shooter. I'm like, okay, you didn't deserve this. I I just, I know the name. I want the game. Nothing else. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like this year's pickups for me. And I think I said it on the community was the, the stuff that I looked for this year and the stuff that I ended up buying were things that I really wanted to add to my collection. Um, And I ended up, with a much smaller list of total games than I came out of. Um, but also every single one either completed a collection for me or it was something I'd been looking at forever and ever. So I felt like, you know, it was a way more successful event for me this year. I would agree with and the I'm, exception of one game that you forced me to buy for the PlayStation two called swashbucklers. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I put that in <laughs> that game is garbage. It is actual garbage. Um, the voice acting is people just going and it's so poorly done but you get to shoot people on a boat so I guess it's okay yeah. I don't know if I used to have a demo for that you know I can't I don't it's know. real bad oh I also think I uh, I think I, I got a husband put in the doghouse for for uh, helping him win a bet with his wife so towards the end of the day we're standing at this table in the back and uh, this guy, Cody picks up this this uh, sealed Game Boy Advance copy of uh, of Risk Battleship and Clue triple pack. I mean, just straight garbage. And it was listed at $4.99 and the guy goes, I'll sell that to you for a buck. And Cody's like, I don't have a dollar on me. I'm like, here's a dollar. I heard sealed game. So I'll hand the guy a dollar and take it. And his wife looks at me like I had just killed her dog. And the husband says, looks at her and goes, see, I told you I could sell it. And I'm like, I'm leaving now. Yeah. Eric ended a marriage. Yeah. Next year, Mocon 2020 goal. <laughs> but I have another sealed game. In two marriages. I think I only came out with two sealed games this year. Which Blind I'm, three more children. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite proud of. Um, yeah, I, I only ended up with one and it's partially sealed. That's that Rygar that I wanted. I really wanted Rygar on Nintendo and I wanted a boxed one. Oh, you and I both bought Rygar this year. Yeah, that was just it's it's one of those games from my childhood that I can remember super fondly. And I wanted a copy of it, but I was looking for a box copy. Mm. Well, I picked one up and it looked like it was sealed, but the price was way too low for that. It was like forty five dollars or something like that. And we got it back to the hotel and opened it up. It is actually a sealed game. It's just the seal is broken because everything on the inside, like the instructions, oh, everything smelled. is sealed. Too. It smelled like the yeah. 80s. It was amazing. It had new cartridge smell. It was like, oh, my God, this wow. is glorious. Like, I can't play this now, but, Quick, you know, I have it. it. Back up. 
Uh, we were like doing lines of cartridge smell in the room. It was great. It was. <laughs> I had I had three absolute must find games on my list. I didn't find them in the condition I wanted them, but I still found all three of them and bought them, which was Rock and Roll Racing Loose, um, Mega Man Zero Collection for the DS. Could not find that in box, so I bought that loose. And then somehow I managed to find Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance for the Game Boy Advance. And... That was my, uh, th- those were, those are my three top finds. Um, yep. Aside from Star Ocean on the Super Famicom, which I picked up, and then I got a, a PS2 Japanese copy of Caution Seaman, which is just yep. Dan playing Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> That's been haunting him for a whole year since I snagged it from him. Yeah, but yours doesn't have the ASCII 2 controller. No, but mine does have the little screen on the mic. <laughs> and that's what I wanted for the Dreamcast. And yours has a little foam cover over it. Yep. Was Seaman ever released on PS2 here? I don't think it was. No. Uh, no it depends it if you were playing Final Fantasy VII or not, really. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, They sell that as Nickelodeon slime here. <laughs> uh, the only things that I did... Actually, two games I did not come out with were the Japanese copies of Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX. But I did... Yeah. We saw those, but they were just too expensive, no. right? No, we didn't see them at you all. Didn't see them? Uh-huh. Yeah. But I came out with a Japanese copy of Valkyrie Profile, which is a hundred and fifty dollars oh, yeah. for the American copy. Paid ten bucks. Yeah. It's collecting for Japanese is just incredible. But you'll never be able to play it. So yeah. Q Dan. You were never you were never going to anywhere. Let's no. face it. Yeah, no. You really were. Um Yeah, it was uh I, I, I agree with Zach. This year's haul was much more meaningful. Yeah. And I only came out with three I mean, Mega finished, Man games. I just think, I I just think, it's, inc- I just think it's incredible that people come to meet up with us. It's oh just... Oh, God, we it, had so I, much fun. Oh, yeah. Such a freaking blast. I mean, uh, well, we did, like we the, did when we were over... When, when we were all over in America as well in January, it was just it was just so humbling and so surreal that people listen to this and like, actually want to meet us because just... It, it's just... It's just mad. It, we really appreciate it, though. Yeah, I think the shout out of the show has to go to Kelly the Trooper. Oh my God, yes, who Kelly stayed with us at that show for six hours and did not complain once and was helping us find games. Man, you you got the Cat January Show Award oh for my just God. being the excellent support person for us. <laughs> and the whole day before too. Um, yeah, she was absolutely a trooper. Yeah, it was, and she played Smash Brothers for me because I suck at it, and she kicked you, Derek's you ass do. and that I, made I me feel good about myself. <laughs> I'm terrible at Smash Brothers. I'm a fighting game fan, and Smash just does not work in my brain. So I handed my controller to Kelly and pretended she it was just me. And she kicked Eric's ass. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach for the win. I <laughs> Thank don't. You, Kelly. <laughs> I don't think that uh, any of them really knew what they were getting into when it came time to go game hunting with Eric and Zach. Um, by the end of that first day, that Friday, like Will and Kelly looked tired. They looked yeah. beat, but they came back for Which- day two. Yeah, they'd been driving for like 12 hours. That yeah, they day came too, up from though. Florida. I mean, uh, yeah. And yeah, it, like you said, Dan, it was it was awesome to just, you know, because we see these names on the Facebook community. We interact with you guys. Um, but to actually get to meet you and hang out and, and get to know you as people and, and just kind of help expand that community. It's just awesome. It was so cool um, to just kind of be able to connect at, at, at an event like this and, and hang out and um, see what other people are collecting for and, and just I don't know it was really neat it's kind of a humbling experience like you said 
Yeah. It was just uh, like, I, I know Mike and Hazel and everybody put like, they were jealous that we weren't there and things. And it, it was true. Like we were all, I was sat at home and I was like, oh, I wish I was there as well. It's like, oh, I just, God, have, I just have such fun memories of like January. It was oh, just yeah. bloody hilarious. I would like to see Dan at MoCon not spend a penny. <laughs> that would that would definitely happen. Oh man, I don't know. Like, so I have I uh, have no interest in collecting games I, if, unless I can play them. I have no interest. There's there is crazy stuff at MoCon though. I mean, stuff yeah. you've never seen we, before. Side note: We got to play on the only in existence only Nintendo PlayStation. That's right. That's so cool. We played Mortal Kombat and I kicked Eric's ass. Just destroyed him. You chose a character that you can spam a move. Actually, no, 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 no. In my defense, I chose oh Sub Zero, hoping to spam no, his. No, 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 no. Like I was kicking everybody's ass on, on Smash Brothers, right? And he accused me of this move spamming as well. If it's there uh-huh. to be spammed, you're allowed to do it. To be honest, it backfired on me because I chose Sub Zero, hoping to spam his uh, freeze attack. And I couldn't get it to work because it was a it was a third party Hori controller that just didn't want yeah. to cooperate. So I think you perfect shotted me two rounds in a row because sure I just kept trying yeah. to do the freeze move and it wouldn't work. And I didn't learn yeah. after the third failed attempt of like, OK, try something different. Yeah, it was. Uh, but that that thing was pretty awesome looking. And uh, the gentleman that owns it was really nice and, you know, wanted everybody to come up and sign copies of games that they had played. It was really cool. Apparently somebody so how offered did this, him. How did this guy get hold of it? His dad was, was the designer, wasn't he? Yeah, or he, he was involved with it in some way and he found it. Yeah, it's the only one in existence. And Apparently nothing has ever been developed for the CD portion of it. But there were there were a couple CD games, but he doesn't have them. Oh, he, it, that's that's one of the reasons that he goes to shows. It's just like, hey, if anybody has copies of these CD games, I'd really like to see it. So surely that's like a super early prototype, right? Because it no, never it's the got only to one ever. It is the only prototype. That's not as mental. Somebody like, at the show offered him $1.2 million for it and he turned it down. Yeah. <sighs> yep. That, it's, that's uh, where I'd go. Here you go. Hope this still works in a year. <laughs> I'll take yeah. it. I'd, 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 I'd be like, yeah, take it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, it, it's a piece of history. That thing belongs, it genuinely really belongs in a museum. Yeah. Well, he said he's got, he puts it in muse, like the video game museum and a couple other venues he's put it there for periods of time but then he takes it out on the road which is awesome oh. i love that he does that yeah i mean because people really get hands-on time with it and it really does play like a super nintendo yeah. so was he it. was he charging people no. to play it or does he just no. let you go nope. cool? just had it set up with no. a tv and a bunch of games you could pick up and play and it was, it was super neat. And then we got to so uh, it's so for someone i'm not that familiar with that. i think i've heard the story before so it's a it's basically a Nintendo product, but it has like a CD drive, right? So it was back before um, Sony kicked off the PlayStation. Initially, yeah. Nintendo, Zach, correct me if I get this wrong, but Nintendo approached mm-hmm. Sony and said, we want to do a disc-based add-on for the Super Nintendo, and we would like you to do this for us. Um, so they started developing that, and then negotiations fell through, and PlayStation or Sony decided to go, you know what, fuck it, we'll do this on our own, and took the PlayStation name and made their own system. That's the long and short of it. Yeah, it was Nintendo inadvertently creating one of the greatest competitors in the yeah. video game business just by shitty communication yeah. and kind of screwing yeah. people over on the side. And Nintendo, Nintendo are fine. I'm sure I heard a few years ago, like Nintendo could lose money every oh, yeah. year for like a million years and still be fine. 
So I'm God love them, though. I mean, that's why they're able to do like crazy experimental stuff. Like, you know, as much as I don't care about Labo, like the Nintendo Labo represents how much money Nintendo has. Just like, yeah, let's try it. Fuck it. It didn't work. You know, whatever. We lost a couple of money. Just recycling packaging materials out really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But still, I mean, you know, it's got some intrinsic cost and they're just willing to put it out there and do crazy stuff. I mean, think about um, the state of games before the Wii and motion controls. And yeah, that was kind of short lived, but you know, it started this whole apex of maybe gaming should be then more about than sitting on a couch with your controller. I mean, connect came out of that Nintendo or a PlayStation move came out of that six axis, despite my utter hatred for it came out of that controller that weighs nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the six axis. I think the PlayStation move though is new lease of life completely with the VR. It's um, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's it's like that was intended all along, really. But it's I remember I got a PlayStation Move years ago. I used it for like one game and then nothing else. And then your mom bought you that navigation controller last year. Yeah, she did. It's good. It's great for navigating on the PS3, but not so much on PS Move. (laughs) I find it really funny. I still I still think that would be a useful add-on for VR using the navigation controller. Sure, it just makes sense. Like when I'm playing with the aim controller because you've got the analog sticks on the on the gun, it's so much easier than doing the teleporting thing i just it just works sure well and i think too i mean and you're absolutely right i think sony definitely the the lease on life came from playstation vr and i say that because i broke one of my playstation vr move controllers uh because i wasn't using the wrist strap and it became ejected into the wall it's not playing beat saber by any chance fucking beat saber man (laughs) Uh, i have expert mode without my green lights on so i went to try and find just one replacement for it well the playstation 4 versions are like fucking 50 dollars for a single so i ended up buying a playstation 3 in price now yeah, but I found a used PlayStation 3 version and it works just fine. <laughs> and it was yeah, that's like exa- that's exactly what I did. They're, they're really in short supply over here at the moment, the move controllers. And um, I got one of the used PS3 ones as well. Yeah. For just before they really marked up the price, like just after this Christmas. And since then, it's went absolutely crazy for them. I think Beat Saber has been a big part of that as well because it's consistently in the top downloads for psvr now because it's just it's just such a fun time can't yeah, tell you sure. how much i'm i got that in january and i'm still playing it now like that rarely happens with any games for me i just love it yeah i mean and i'm i'm with you i i use it for like ter- you know sort of sub in i don't feel like going out today so i'm gonna exercise using it and just like put that thing on in a room with no ac come out an hour later and just be drenched in sweat I, it's the same with, <laughs> it's the same with me it is hands down one of the best workouts I've ever done in my life because me and exercise like I just I don't like normal exercise like going to the gym and stuff just doesn't appeal to me it's like it's not fun and for something to make exercise fun is fantastic for me and I have actually seen um, a change in my body from playing on it for so long it's actually like my stomach's flatter I'm getting more torn from it and everything which is crazy I'm yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm like 600 cheeseburgers from you right now, but yeah, I feel it in my arms when I play for too long. Like, how the fuck did I get tennis elbow from a video game? What the hell is this? <laughs> I used to get that really badly when I first started playing it, but I never get it now because <laughs> I've played it for that yeah. long. And it's um, but I was talking. We were talking to, I was talking to Tom about this earlier, and the developers reckon nothing's happened, but. The latest update to Beat Saber has essentially broke some of the tracking. I'm oh, I can't play it. It's unplayable. 
It's um, so you'll you'll swipe through blocks and completely miss them. And I said to Tom, if you're on Expert Plus, if you miss a couple of blocks, you basically lost the track. You're like you're done. So I so didn't really. I didn't notice anything initially, but my mom came over last night and she bought an Oculus Quest when it came out and she's been playing the hell out of Beat Saber on that. And she is like full on able to do songs on Expert now. So she is good. And she wanted to play some of the new songs. Um, so we popped in uh, Beat Saber on the PSVR and and I went to play it. I'm like, man, I am really bad. I wonder if it's me or if it's just the tracking. And I was like, let me try it because she plays for at least half an hour to an hour every day. And uh, she put it on. She couldn't even complete a single song. Not one. Yeah. So the tracking yeah. is messed up. But the, the devs uh, reckon nothing's happened. But yeah. uh, I'm not convinced. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's busted. In the, Fallout, in the Fallout 76 devs said that game's fine too. So Bethesda <laughs> <laughs> says that about every game. Like, it's fine. Uh, my character is not even on the screen and the world disappeared. It's fine. <laughs> I put that on the Facebook group the other day as well. I was playing um, Blood and Truth and I was on, I think it's the last level and you're at the top of this skyscraper and I went, Blood and Truth's movement is essentially you look at something, press the move controller and you move towards it. Like only a designated spot. So when I moved towards something and then next thing I knew, he sunk through the floor like it was quicksand <laughs> and I started drifting slowly down through the level getting lower and lower, getting further and further away from, like, the rendered objects in the room. Oh, God. I was just I was just in the, like, the zero world underneath the level, just looking uh, up at this thing, getting further and further away. It was just so surreal. Oh, I was like, I we stood there for a good about, five minutes, though, because I was like, it was just so bizarre. That's when we were talking about uh, game glitches. Yeah. Because yeah. I popped in Baldur's Gate Dark Lines on the GBA, real excited to play it, because one of my favorite dungeon crawlers. And let me tell you what, that game has transferred real well to the GBA. It functions flawlessly. However, about four hours into it, there's a quest that if you do not talk to people in an extremely precise order, while also killing certain things in an extremely precise order, it locks the game out and you cannot continue and you have to start over. So every single guide that I've read has that bolded and highlighted and said, do not mess this up. You will lose all of your progress. And I, oh, I messed sucks. it up. Because I didn't know about it well, until after I was already through it. Oh, man. That sucks when you hit a game-breaking bug. Especially, like, I don't care if it's 20 minutes into the game. But when it's like, I've invested three or four hours. I'm just kind of done. Yeah. And the only, the only yeah. exception to that for me was I posted that, which the first time I played Dark Souls, I accidentally swung and hit the fucking blacksmith who stayed hostile to me. And, you know, in the first Dark Souls, he's like 10 hours in on your first playthrough. He's not he's not like early in the game. And I figured out like, oh, shit, I can't upgrade my weapons. Well, fuck this game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am just done with Dark Souls. It's like um, I true. have memories of when I was younger playing through Final Fantasy games. And obviously you're reliant on save points. And I would play it for a while. And then suddenly it locks up. And then you're like, oh, God, lost like an hour's worth of progress. It's just yeah. the worst. I did that one time with Final Fantasy VIII where I was level farming. You know how in there they have the island closest to heaven and island closest to hell, which are the two most yes. difficult islands. And I was just bouncing back and forth between the two. And um, anytime a T-Rex would pop up, I would run away because I just wasn't strong enough at that time. And I think I'd been grinding for like three, four hours. It was just lazy afternoon. Um, hadn't saved. 
and a T-Rex popped up and it fell into that that loop of like, hey, you can't escape. You can't escape. Dead. You can't escape. Dead. You can't escape. Dead. Game over. Like, fuck. Oh, Four hours gone. I think I stopped playing yeah, that actually, for a while. It's happened it was to the best final, of us. It was Final Fantasy VII that taught me to have multiple game saves. Yes. I, and, I was, and I'm older than you, so I was in college when that came out. But uh, it was Barrett's ultimate weapon. You have one chance to get that because you have to go back into Shenron Tower. And I didn't get it. And then I soon discovered, like, yep, it benefits you to save, like, multiple layers of saves. Because if you miss something like that and you literally can't get back to it, like, now I can't actually. I mean, I can finish the game fine because I think you can finish that game at, like, level 30 or something ridiculous like that. But, like, I couldn't get all the stuff that I wanted. Yeah, you gotta get all the stuff, my friend. You gotta get it. I know, I know. I'm a completionist. It's it's the reason that I, you know, piss fire and chew nails and platinum secure. Dan, <laughs> Dan, did hey, you go back? I have not. I I actually did play through it a bit more on New Game Plus, but I got bored. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I liked it, just not as much as other Souls Borny games. No, and New Game Plus on that, once you start to get into like the higher levels of skill, like it's yeah. just a face roll. It's got, not hard or challenging. I mean, I tried that that fiery demon optional boss thing on normal game and I just couldn't be bothered. It was just ridiculous. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever spent longer trying to beat a final boss on a game than I have on Sekiro. I, I spent days trying to do that over and over again. Yeah. Just like Eric, you remember that boss you got up to Generico when you when you quit? Yeah, that was the end of the game for me. That was the final yeah, boss. It was, yeah. and, but he's on at the end again, and no, then you have to fight another version of him, and then another boss in a row yeah. without without dying. No thanks. It's so yeah, difficult. It was, man. it was rough. Yeah, I think I I my my max frustration with that game went when I went to get the early on ending and having to fight that same boss the one that comes out of Ginnishiro is the old man because you have to fight the girl twice and then you have to fight him twice in a row yeah. and there's no breaks in the middle like son of a bitch this I remember, but when I, when I did New Game Plus because you fight him at the start again because I'd fought him so many times in that form I actually beat him on New Game Plus yeah. which you're not really meant to do but you can and but that's disappointing too because you, you like as a developer you have to see that coming like eventually yeah. your players are going to get so good and do new game plus so many times that that's going to happen it was such but a weird game right. because it's such a new skill to learn like i've never played anything like that before and i think that's why it was so different so i imagine when i play star wars jedi fallen order which essentially looks like it's got the same combat system i'll be probably quite good at it because i've played sakiro so yeah much. yep but I think, you know, any anytime you, you play games sort of ad nauseum and you get that level of skill, you have to, as a developer, expect that people are going to do game breaking things. And I always like seeing when they add little nods like in Sekiro, they definitely did it because they kind of changed the cutscene a little bit. But I always <laughs> want to see that, like a new seen path. that um, mod with Toy Story's Woody on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that one. <laughs> and the one where it turns the snake into Thomas the Tank Engine. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And somebody Excellent. modded um, Resident Evil 2 as well to change the tyrant into um, mis- what, Mr. X into Thomas the Tank Engine. It's so it's <laughs> absolutely terrifying. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 is one of those games that, like, the, the new remake of it, like, I have to go back and play that because I played it for exactly four hours and went, 
yep, I know what this is all about. Yeah. But I know lots of people have had great experiences and really had fun with it. But I just I can't be bothered. Yeah. You know, like I, I like my remakes to be re- sort of reimaginings. Um, Final Final Fantasy Seven's got you covered, son. I know. I'm ready. I am ready. Like <laughs> and Final heart. Fantasy Seven will be covered. When I did. It comes out. I did. And <laughs> in my anti-collector way, I had to go in and cancel my pre-order for the mega whatever Me ridiculous too. collection. Because it's still available, and that means it's not going to be worth dick. Well, and it was a did you guys bundle. see? Do you guys see this week that apparently Capcom is sending out a Resident Evil game for testing to people? Oh, oh really? Yes. Interesting. So it's either Resident Evil Three Remake or Resident Evil Eight, possibly. So I hope it's Eight. Yeah, it's- I mean, I liked Resident Evil Three, but the Resident Evil Two Remake taught me that I don't necessarily have to go back and play old games. Mm, again. Yeah, I think it might be too soon for Resi Three. Maybe a couple more years. Yeah. Yeah, like I'd like to see eight and then maybe them do the remake of three. But I don't I want to see that cut off when they get to Resident Evil four, because that game's been remade and re-released so many times. Like one more is just like there's like nine. different. It's it gets to be like Street Fighter at some point. I mean, how many versions of Street Fighter two do you really need before you just release one and go, fuck it, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> you know, what we didn't so, mention. Hey, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I wanted to give also a shout out to Wilfredo shirt. I was just going to bring that up, too. Because <laughs> I've never felt such an homage to my side saddling a toilet before ever in my life. What a brilliant. What a brilliant. <laughs> and he just he just strolls into Starbucks like nothing's happening. We look at him, what the fuck is that? I'll let you explain the shirt. Now, it's, a, it's an homage to The Legend of Zelda. And instead of, you know... Link getting the sword at the beginning. It's it's a boy getting a bat <laughs> and me on the toilet behind a stall door. And it's it's actually one of those canes. It's, it's a it's a blind cane. Yeah, it's it's a blindfold cane. How long did he have this shirt alone. for before he came? Because he made it like the day before he came out. Did he? Because <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, Wilfred was he's quite new to the Facebook community, but um, he might have been listening forever. I don't know, but just to do that is incredible. It's like. So I had a little tear in my eye. I was like, I've left a mark. The, the shirt. <laughs> it's not the right mark, but I've left a mark. <laughs> I certainly left a mark in Tyrone's eyes, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way oh, he designed Tyrone's it, though, fault. it's you can clearly see that you're sitting side saddle in that stall. Yeah. And then there's two urinals on either side with fire in them to represent those those little torches. <laughs> and it just says, you are blind now. It's dangerous outside. Take this. <laughs> It should have been uh, the only thing that could have made it a bit more perfect is if it was like a walking stick. It is. Yeah, it is. It's I a walking stick. No, no, no. It's a cane. It's uh, one of those cane like walking sticks. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Then I stand corrected. What else did we not mention? Oh, Eric didn't mention that he was oblivious to the fact that we were party to a robbery of a liquor store. Oh, yeah. Didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get involved on purpose. You go ahead and tell that story about Tammy Trailer Trash. Oh, my God. Tammy Trailer <laughs> Trash and her Tahoe. Um, so we we walk into this liquor store to find... God, well, we're just getting beer for the night. Yeah, that was the first night, I think. And Tammy Trailer Trash comes in in her jeans that look like they've been crossbred with a chandelier. And yeah. walks up to the guy and says, hey, I need some help choosing beer. Like, well, this is a weird question. So takes the guy all the way to the back of the store by the coolers and starts asking the most inane shit questions about beer and asks if he he has this really obscure stuff. He's like, well, let me go check in the back. And then he comes out and he actually has it. And I think in her mind, she's like, oh, fuck, well, maybe I have to buy this now. But she doesn't. And instead, 
gets a 30-pack of Bush Light after asking about all of this really craft beer. Comes out with the shittiest watered-down piss you can possibly get. And as we're standing up there checking out, she just quickly hurries back out. And uh, Zach and I pay and, and get out to the car. I'm like, well, that woman is a real treat. And, and Zach's like, yeah, you understand they were robbing the place, right? Like, no, I didn't understand. <laughs> no fucking clue what was going on there. But apparently yeah, she, oh, yeah, go yeah, apparently she was distracting the guy. And uh, Zach saw her boyfriend slash trailer park accomplice, accomplice uh, sneak behind the counter and take a bunch of shit from behind the counter and then run back out and get in the truck and lay down. Yep. It was like this brand new whatever truck. Oh, and yeah. Like, and Eric was like, man, why did you buy Bush Light? And I told him. And then he's like, well, why didn't you tell the dude? And I was like, I've got a bunch of cash on me from Mocon. I'm not getting involved in like a botched robbery at a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things just best left undone. Yep. Sorry. I'm what, sorry. What camera's really happening that here is that Zach does not want to be involved with the law because they'll know his face nope. and then yeah. he'll be arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric, report this. I have to go. <laughs> oh, you know what else we didn't talk about was the world's most excruciating drive-through experience. Oh God! Oh yeah. my God! I'll let you take this one. So we decided on the last night that we couldn't endure yet another round of Papa John's and destroying the hotel room with the pizza sludge. Well, we didn't have a couch to wipe our hands on this time. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have any furniture to wipe our hands on this time. <laughs> ben wasn't there to take one for the team on that one. So, Ben, we missed you, by the way. Um, so we went to Checkers. And this was supposed to be like an in-and-out 10-minute experience. We both had to get back to the room and pack. And instead, we went into a Checkers. Um, if you've ever been to a Rallies or a Checkers, it's a it's a drive through only place. It's usually got two sides of the line. And we knew something was amiss when we showed up. And one side of the restaurant was closed and had a cone up, like, in front of the drive through So not only are you not going through the drive through but clearly something is bad and broken and like an old priest and a young priest is necessary on this side and then we proceeded to waited like 90 minutes to order it was the man in front of us 90 it was minutes we were yeah we, we were sat there for like an hour and a half for well over an hour oh yeah. my god and we now, couldn't part of we it, couldn't leave because there's a cliff yeah. on one side of us and <laughs> yeah, then there was like went down there just seven cars It'll behind us we probably yeah. by the time we realized we should have left, we were past the cone turnoff for the second one. Otherwise, we would have just ran over that cone and gotten out of there. But because we were in a rental, I didn't give a shit about the car. I just wanted to leave, and then we couldn't leave, and then we had to endure like, uh, and it, it was just a kind of, like the guy in front of us was one of those that pulls up to a drive-through. Like, what's good here? I'm sorry, if you go to a fucking checkers and you have to ask questions about the menu, you shouldn't be at a checkers. It's just a sir. Fast you've food been place. staring at this menu for the last <laughs> forty minutes. How have you not thought about what you want? I mean, not that he's not not that he's going anywhere anyway. I just want to make progress and move forward. <laughs> and then we, <laughs> I just don't want to think that we're leaving sometime before I turn fifty. And this um, is where I told Zach it, about my uh, my my inability to properly process Mr. Pibb. Yeah, it, like he tells me this in line for an hour before we get up there, and then he orders and I'm like, I want Mr. Pibb. I'm like, oh well, now that's well, how my fuck. life ends. <laughs> this yeah. is where your journey ends. <laughs> we pull up, and I mean, and true to form, this checkers is it, it's got a line of like there are seriously like twenty people in line at this place behind us and in front of us. 
we pull up, there are two people working there. There is Toby, the 15-year-old moron, <laughs> who cannot manage to put Coke and ice in the same cup. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. And then there is Redneck Rhonda, who has <laughs> four less teeth than IQ points. And I mean, <laughs> and they're all pointing different directions. She's got that homeless thing where one of the tooths is just way too big. And you're like, how and many somehow tooths it's in the center of her is mouth. not enough tooth? Yeah, it's just, it's like an ice cream cone just jutting down. And like, what went wrong? Like, is that the Tasmanian devil talking? Or was she you speaking You forgot about English? the third guy. The, the There was the guy who was clearly the cook who wasn't cooking. He would just occasionally oh, yeah, pop yeah. up to the window and be like, what up? And then just disappear and then come back and... Yeah. Fucking nothing's done. Yeah, and I have a rule. Like, if you show up, you're like, hey, can I have your credit card? No. No. <laughs> like, can I, you, you know, here's your total. Like, and this guy was just trying to get my credit card. It was crazy. It was just, like, 90 minutes later, we left with the oldest, coldest food, and Eric got the Mr. Pib, <laughs> which destroyed his side of the room and mine. <laughs> what the hell is a Mr. Pib? It's, Mr. Pib is like. It's a spicy Dr. Really Pepper. Yeah, oh, it's dear. like doc, but it's Dr Pepper that's been it's it's like um, oh, it's, prison wine. It's so good. You have to brew it in a toilet. <laughs> By many accounts, anyone who says they like Dr Pepper will mostly say, "Yeah, but Pib Extra is better." Yeah, I remember when it, they switched from Mister Pib to Pib Extra. Uh, I was working at a grocery store, and this lady came through, and she this old lady was just ripping the cashier a new asshole about it because she. I wanted Mr. Pib. Where's the Mr. Pib? All I have is this Pib extra crap. And the cashier's like, but that's what they changed your name. But I want Mr. Pib. And just would not let it go. But it's Pib extra now. Yeah. yeah. It, and, it, and might I say, I understand that you had an experience with a rabbit pie. I think I have equaled that experience with the Mr. Pib. I warned you, and, though. And this is my this is like my my second, third or fourth time meeting Eric. So he's no longer holding back around Ooh. me and just like, hey, you're more. Oh, God, well, please. No, <laughs> it's everywhere. Do you, do you think if we combine the two together, it might make a gas cloud the size of, size of the eastern seaboard? Yeah. Like if we, at Tom's wedding, you should make it a point to make him bring Mr. Pib and eat rabbit pie. And then he'll just melt. Not. <laughs> that's how we get the reception to clear out. All right, Eric, yeah, now's your cue. <laughs> but hey, you weren't innocent either with your oh, no. mega stuff no, Oreo I, sour oh. punch straw breakfast. I'm not sure what kind of chemical reaction all of that crap made in my stomach, but there were a couple times like, well, we just have to leave and go somewhere. I just, <laughs> you need to let this place air a, out. Oh, so we found a video store. Which in the States has not existed since like the late 90s. There are no such thing as video stores here anymore. Like Blockbuster, Movie Gallery, all no, that we, shit's closed. We don't have them either. Okay, sweet. So we're on the same page. Like we found one and we were told like, hey, they have sales on video games every once in a while. You can get like three for 10 bucks or something like that. We're like, all right, we'll go check it out. And I mean, walking in this place was like walking into the past. It was, it was, you know, absolutely barren, devoid of all life. It smelled funny. But I tell you that they had, and, and no video games to be found. I mean, they had some, but they were all ridiculously priced and crap. But walking into this place, they had like one of those high dollar value ante rooms that like exists in banks, like where you walk into like, it's almost like a snow room. Like you walk in and there's a door and then there's another door to get in. I may have had an incident in that room that lasted for 45 minutes. <laughs> Because we walked in, looked at stuff, came back out, and it still smelled bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you could see people trying to get in from the street and just turning around and leaving, like, oh, God! <laughs> just walking away. 
<laughs> my eyes. And when I walked eyes. back through that room, I understood why. <laughs> it was terrible. It was absolutely the worst thing I've ever I've ever smelled. Yeah, it wouldn't and be more con without a shit or a piss story, would it? Really? No, no, no. It was it was pretty bad. So yeah, as as a whole, MoCon was a was a massive success. I always kind of go through yeah. a little bit of a slump when it's over because it's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the like the uh, sugar rush downer coming back from it every yeah. year. Yeah. It was the same. And it was the like, same after like, America, Aww. Eric, wasn't it? Like we yeah. went from all of us in your house to just nobody. No. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a we did have a challenge um, at MoCon amongst the group. We and I'm going to post this. I wanted to wait till we talked about it on the show to kind of make sure that everybody hears about it and can can go to the Facebook group and vote on it. But we said, who can buy the collective shittiest games? Well, not necessarily shittiest, but shitty slash most obscure games. Most obscure. Unknown games. Unknown. I'm, yeah, you're right. Unknown yeah. games for under $20. So we're going to post... Uh, a, a poll and you get to vote on it and we found some right shit we did i think cody though inadvertently bought a phenomenal game um he picked up he didn't mean to no he did sure. not mean to <laughs> no oh so i told cody we found a couple of boxed copies of goof troop and i told cody that if he found me a copy for under 40 dollars, i would buy it and that became his mission to find me a boxed copy of Goof Troop for under forty, because the first one was forty-five, and uh, that's like, nope. exactly what would happen to me if I was this. Well. If you can find it for under forty bucks, and then he found one for twenty-five, and I went, I meant under twenty, and I just refused to buy it. <laughs> he welched on it. Uh, I should have bought it though. Um, but you should no, have Cody bought it. That's, this- that's a cop out and a half. That is. It is, and next year we will make him pay. Good. <laughs> I'm already starting to Dan, save. You, Dan, start saving up, man. You got to come to this. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> you have a full Make year. Eric oh, spend wait. money. Next year. Oh, God. I hope Tom doesn't get married the weekend of MoCon. His wedding's well, next awesome. August. It is next August. Oh, shit. Tom, it can't be the first weekend in August. Don't do it. <laughs> I can't miss MoCon. Um, but no, so Cody found a game called Looney Tunes Sheep raider which is apparently a phenomenal game looked into that one then he picked up a copy of sesame street sports which i'm not sure is that good um i i think i wound up and i'll i'll post a picture of it when we get the poll up but i found a copy of sesame street counting one two three for the sega genesis i'm pretty proud of oh god yeah that was shit um got that for four dollars and fifty cents thank you very much trying to see what (laughs) trying to see what james got here did he post a I don't see it. I found three Wii games. Um, uh, Wii is just the holy grail of shit games, really. It's not oh, yeah. It, it's, uh, I mentioned them earlier. It's a Jelly Belly game, um, some sort of Chuck E. Cheese title, and then a game called Swords. Just Swords. They are trash. I was going to put Swashbucklers in there, but um, I think these, these Wii games are even worse. And then... Uh, is that the blue and the gray game? For swords or for swashbuckler, no, yeah, blue versus yeah. gray. Blue versus gray, yeah. Then, I made him buy that. I was pretty happy about I it. I just thought <laughs> I just thought I mentioned I thought I played a demo of swashbucklers, but I think it was a game called Overboard that I played, which sounds similar, like an isometric, top down ship game. I, I can't remember. I need I'm not so. sure. 
Swashbucklers just had it was so American looking on the front. It was like just you know the Union Eagle, versus Eagle the Confederacy fighting around each other. Oh, it's so good. I was like, <laughs> Eric, you have to buy this. Uh, Wilfredo bought did. something called Pin Pinbot on the, the NES. Oh yeah, he bought Pinbot. That's right. That's a close contender. I still say Sesame Street counting one, two, three is up there. But I don't know. We'll vote on it. I'll put all the pictures out and we'll do a poll. Yeah, and they were uh, all good. I mean, and by that, I mean, absolutely terrible. There, There's nothing at stake aside from bragging rights of being able to find the most obscure right. garbage. Um, last shout out, though. James Hall joined me in the pantheon of Wonder Swan owners. Oh, yeah. So he picked up a Wonder Swan, which I was somewhere, somewhere, a in, Wonder Swan somewhere and in Sheffield. Saturn. Mike Tyson is shouting Wonder Swan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. So we got to get you guys there next year, hopefully. Um, I really, yeah. I really want to get more than Mary. I really want to get more people there. I'm hoping it kind of becomes the, the factory sealed pilgrimage. Yeah. And I think to, you know, anybody that can show up, I think one of the things that we need to focus on next year is all staying at the same hotel so that Cody doesn't get assaulted again. Yes. I think, that, I think that's probably for the best. <laughs> or maybe we just get a large Airbnb. Yeah. And everybody stays some, together. Yeah, we may not be welcome at that hotel again. We did make fun of lots of people in the elevator. Yeah. Oh, boy, we did. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We should probably get to our unfortunate game of the week. I was about to say, bad game? Ugh. Oh, there it is. God. Oh, damn me. Burn it. I think this is going to be a really... Da, da. <laughs> I think this is going to be a divisive show. Um... <laughs> We have, I know lots of people love it. We have... Why? What's wrong with them? <laughs> uh, I know lots of people love it. I used to think it was okay, and then I played it twice in one month to completion. I am no longer one of those people. <laughs> uh, we are talking, of course, about the lovely Link to... Uh, yeah, Zelda 2 Adventure of Link. A game so awesome they couldn't even call it The Adventures of Zelda. Or The Legend of Zelda. Yes. Ugh. It's just Zelda 2. I had a real Berenstain Bears moment about that, too. Because I was like, I swear to you, this is The Legend of Zelda game. But no. It is The Adventure of Link. It's Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Yeah. Came out in uh, 87. God, is it that old? Jesus yeah. Christ. As a sequel to... I wasn't even alive! As a sequel to the original Legend of Zelda, which was... (laughs) uh, Apparently the events of this one take place several years after the original game, but it is pointed out that in this game Link is 16 years old, which means that he was like 8 in the events of the first game. Can we stop and talk about the batshit craziness of just the timeline of Adventures of Link? This is at the end for, of the the chronology. Well, not anymore, because now it's Breath of the Wild is the last game in the series. Yeah, this is but damn close, you, though. This is like the, you know, after after the hero failed to stop Ganon in. Because some of us have books that help us understand the timeline. God, I gotta get mine. <laughs> I finally used one of my ill-gotten Zelda books. <laughs> No. So, so, so the batshit crazy story behind Zelda 2 The Adventures of Link is Link is now 16, but the Zelda in the game is not actually Zelda from The Legend of Zelda. 
she is the she is just a Zelda because the ancient Zelda sorry had a brother (laughs) (laughs) beating the shit out of my mic today um, had a brother who hired a sorcerer to get the secrets of the Triforce from her which apparently she had from her dad it put her in some magical sleep spell which we'll talk about because it's just wildly convenient (laughs) Um, (laughs) and is not the original Zelda. She's referred to as one of the ancient Zeldas of, of yore, right? But if Link is 16, so did that Zelda exist before the Zelda and Adventures of Zelda? Because they talk about that Zelda is not the same Zelda. She's just a member of the family. And the rule that the brother had after he put his sister to sleep was all daughters of the king should be named Zelda. All firstborn daughters of the king should be named Zelda. That's from the actual instruction manual. Great. So it's already batshit crazy in the first 10 seconds of story. Which is not given to you in the game at all. Did the person no, who wrote the write this by any chance? Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Also, it's also it's creepy that Link is just hanging out in this temple with this sleeping chick on a bed. Hey, this was the eighties back when yeah. you know the the damsel in distress was a real thing and women needed saving. My, my uh, biggest we don't, we don't know if she needs saving. She's just lying there, and we don't know why. Yeah, she's just conveniently asleep. Yeah. <laughs> for the whole adventure <laughs> lazy <laughs> so no but this no oh, go ahead my experience with this game has been uh very limited when it first came out i remember playing it getting to the first town and going i don't know what the hell is going on here power off and that's I been my experience that now. for the past 20 years has just been all right made it to the first town what the hell do i do turn it off and play something else that's what i do um so this is the first time i ever actually made it outside of that first opening field and i don't think i missed much first time i've ever even played it um i didn't even know about until recently and i was like there's a 2d zelda game and it was so so i was like yeah i'll put that on the list that'll be fun and then Eric, oh, so was, Eric was like, so "Yeah, it's, your it's fault. really bad." And I was like, "But we, but we need to play. We need to play the bad games sometimes. We can't play." And then he told the, the community, ones. and the community's like, "Yeah, you guys should really play that." And we're like, "Fuck! Now we have to play it." <laughs> oh, thanks, Dan. Thank you. It's, you have given us welcome. some. You're welcome. We this we each get on average four picks a year, and right now you're at what zero? No, you're at you're at two bad games, one okay game. What was the okay one? No, I'm just kidding. It was a great game, Castlevania. Okay, oh. I, I was not. I actually picked that game. It wasn't on the episode because I had to go somewhere. I can't remember. But your fourth um, game is a uh, is Batman: The Square Simulator. So that is going to be a very square, very square, good square, time. Square. Yeah. So um, I can't believe that's old enough to be eligible already. Oh, it kills me. I can't believe Demon Souls eligible next year. Is it? Yeah, or it's actually eligible this year in August, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's eligible. time sliding irrevocably into the past. Yeah, getting older, <laughs> one foot in the grave. But yeah, I mean, but Zelda Two was old when it came out in the U.S. and in Europe. It had been out for two years. No, um, before it came out in the U.S. Yeah, Zelda Two. You're right because it was initially supposed to launch in the states in April, but there was an eight month delay on it because there was a chipset yeah. shortage. 
Yeah. So I was going to say, they definitely didn't give it more polish in eight months. (laughs) So, I mean, just to put this in perspective, Zelda 2 was out in Japan on the Famicom disc system before Zelda 1 ever came out in the US or PAL. It predated us getting the Adventures of Zelda, or the Legend of Zelda. I don't want to keep calling it Adventures of Zelda. But the Legend of Zelda was... The Adventures of Link was already old by the time it had come out. And I think they had all moved on and said, like, yeah, that was kind of different. Yay for us. But... (laughs) I I do... I applaud them for trying something different, but I feel that's such a failed experiment. It's... Well... Such a janky game. Yes and no. I mean, I think what it set out to uh, to accomplish, it does well, but it's not Zelda to me. I mean, I I remember desperately wanting The Adventures of Link and the year that it came out, like it was in short supply. And I had I think I got it like that February after and my mom had to go to like the ends of the world to find me a copy. And when I played it, I was disappointed because it wasn't like the first Zelda game. Um, But even now, as much as I'll gripe about it, I don't think it's a bad game for what it does. I just don't like what it does. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is if there's a there's a interview that Kotaku did with Miyamoto about, you know, have you ever done a, a bad game? And he doesn't allude to the fact that it's bad, but, you know, he talks about wishing he could have done more with with this game and, and saying, you know, when you start developing a game, you write things down on a piece of paper and this is what we want the game to become. And typically throughout the course of development, a game will expand and it will grow and it will change and evolve into this really um, fleshed out experience. He said, unfortunately, what we put down on paper at the beginning is what we ended with. So it, the ideas didn't evolve, nothing grew, nothing changed. It was just, here's what we're doing. This is what we did. And, you know, the concept was originally wanting to have a, a more combat based game, you know, with sword fighting and then being able to do attacks in multiple directions and you know the the 2d aspect of this does that well if you look at it objectively from a combat platformer you know you can attack high you can attack low you can jump up and attack you can uh attack below you you can block high block low. it does have for the time it has a lot of uh, of combat skills going into it but um trying to just shoehorn that into the zelda name just didn't work it was like they're trying to merge two genres of the top-down zeldas with a side-scrolling platformer and because they did that they had to put in a leveling up system because the the platforming aspect of it demanded that and it just became this really clunky mesh of weird ideas well but there were some things that stuck right that ended up sticking around in zelda for a really long time I mean, obviously, not the leveling up system per se, but the fact that you could um, sort of upgrade your gear was the thing that stuck with Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, the magic meter stuck with it for a while. So there, there were things that stuck that were okay ideas. I mean, hell, even if you go back and look at the name of the towns, they all marry up to um, the oracles' names from later games. You know, Raru and all those. Those are all names of oracles from like Ocarina of Time on. So I think there were some ideas that stuck around in the main game. But yeah, the 2D side scrolling bit, it just doesn't it doesn't marry up to the sort of Legend of Zelda series that I'm used to, even when they made it into 3D. Like it just doesn't play the same. It's a very actiony sort of, you know, run to the right and left and kill things. And uh, I think the big the, the big there's some things that keep it from being successful in that route. I think the big disservice that this game does, though, is the first Legend of Zelda game was extremely um 
wagon telling you where you needed to go and what you needed to do. This one even more so because now you walk into these towns and you have people you can talk to and they give you a sort of quest, but you don't know that it's a quest. They just kind of drop these hints and... Oh my God, do they talk slowly. (laughs) Oh... And with their unskippable words. Uh-huh. Well, then well, if you, you press B you to make skip it, go it you faster. press a button and then it starts all over again. It doesn't go to the end of the text. It's so annoying. <laughs> then, My then, it's, then you wait, you wait in about five minutes, and then it's just some wifey wandering past. You goes, "I cannot help you." Oh, thanks. No, it's I can not help you <laughs> because of the mistranslation. There's no fucking cannot. It's I can not help you. <laughs> My favorite is, oh, you know, Bagu, I can help you cross the river. Speaking of Bagu. I mean, and that would be the cadence. Yeah. Yes, Go ahead. Speaking of Bagu. Sounds like that Hearts of Palm guy in the uh, Yeah. <laughs> so for the longest time. Hearts um, of Palm, the delicious, uh, delicious. treat. For the, for the longest time in the first town, uh, or is it the second town, Rudo, there's a guy who, when you talk to him, he says, I am error. And everybody assumed for the longest time that that was just a glitch. It was a bug in the game. But in a different town later, the town of Soraya, there's a guy named Bagu, who, you know, it's a Japanese word for bug, uh, which is just another reference to, you know, those two being um, connected. So it's just a, it, it was intentional. It, it's not a glitch in yeah it's just so weird though when you go in like i've I've, I've seen the meme forever but like when you actually go in and he just says i am error i'm like okay jolly good (laughs) crack on (laughs) the thing that I, i think the thing that that i never really grasped was that you have to wait in front of houses until somebody comes out a specific person and talk to that person although there's only like three character models in the entire game you have a woman in a red yeah. dress, a woman in a purple dress, so that's one character model. Then you have an old lady in a red dress and an old lady in a purple dress. And then you have, well, actually, no, there's five. Because then you have the, why, the, the frumpy midget looking you, dude. Why don't you come in my house, young man? I'll show you some magic. Yeah, there's a lady uh, with a pot on her head. <laughs> and then there's the kid, and then there's the error guy. But they all look yeah. the same. They're just different colors. You need to wait till one of them comes out, and then they'll tell you something that, I, I guess, if you're smart you figure out that oh this is a quest like i am thirsty great what the fuck do you want me to do about it oh i have to walk over to this fountain three screens over and grab water and then come back and hope i talk to the right person in the purple dress to give you some water so you could take me into the basement where your (laughs) uncle is sitting there being fucking weird and then i can get a spell (laughs) called spell smoking his pipe my, my good lady, I have brought you a cup of water. It matters not that somebody pissed into this fountain last night. You should enjoy it anyway. Yeah, like if you were that thirsty, couldn't you have walked over to the fountain that's one screen away? <laughs> and she's carrying garden. a pot of what I presume to be water on her head. Yep. I think my favorite Ooh. is the uh, there's one where you have to find a mirror for a woman. So it's under some table in yeah, some house. Yeah, how are you supposed you to do re- that? Well, right. So finding the mirror, number one, is dumb luck. But number two, after you give her the mirror, when you go back to that other house where the mirror was, the mirror is still under the table. 
Because it says, I found a mirror. Like, does this bitch just keep taking the mirror back and putting it <laughs> under the table? <laughs> I have to put the mirror under the table. Otherwise, the monster yes, can get me. <laughs> I was waiting for the next adventurer so he can meet my molester uncle. <laughs> so, yeah, you uh, you have to kind of the, the formula is you walk into a town. You have to complete some sort of obscure unidentified quest to get an item or to get a, a hint to go to a cave to get an item that will then lead you to the first palace rinse repeat yep. yeah i mean and that's that works well enough i mean it's it's formulaic it's like every other game until until you figure out that once you get past the second palace which is not really the second palace that you should have gone to death mountain first yeah. And to get to Death Mountain, you have to find I thought it was Bagu. He's the river guy, right? Yep. The one that gives you the note. Yeah. Bagu, the wondrous master of all river travel, who lives in a shack that just happens to be under a tree in one of the forest. <laughs> Great hermit midget Bagu. <laughs> who yeah, is unfindable. You can't, you can't even see where he lives. It's just in a forest. Yeah, it just looks you like just a have forest. To wander through it. Oh my god! How are you meant yeah. to know? That's the thing. It's well, and that's all the, the, that's the thing too. That that there was an interview with the developer talking about that. He said, you know, back then games didn't have a whole lot of content, so we did kind of have to flesh things out in a uh, in in kind of a not his words, but a shitty way, where you just have to go explore every single tile. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, we're gonna put this hidden dude in the woods on this one square of the forest when there's a million squares. Have fun walking around and being assaulted by random enemies every four steps. Yeah, the random yep. encounters is weird, like really weird. It's just, yeah, it's so out of place. Yeah, and, and they're so they're so aggressive as well. They're really difficult to avoid. Yeah, there's always two blobs, which are the easy challenges, and then the one boogeyman who is the harder of the three challenges, but sometimes they're replaced by fairies Yeah, because reasons. Yeah. You walk in yes. and it's the worst fairy music ever. Yep. <laughs> the music in this one is pretty bad in general. They have about three tracks which they use for the entire thing. So they've got three character models, three tracks. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't scored by the, um, the, the guy who's done all of the Zelda sense. It was, uh, Koji Kanoto did all of the other, all of the main ones, but this one was, uh, I got to hear Akito Nakatsukuta. I don't know. I mean, I'll backtrack back a bit. They're not necessarily if only bad there was a tracks. book that could tell you all these things. <laughs> yeah, they're not you know necessarily bad tracks, but Zach. you just they just repeated so often that you get yeah, so yeah. sick of hearing them. Did you notice too that like um, so that. This is a Famicom disc game. The Famicom disc game had, and nobody's ever played it because nobody owns a Famicom disc system. But when you do play that, um, the music is better, um, number one, because it had more storage space. But it doesn't ever break like it does um, in the cartridge version. And by that, I mean when you get down and your health is going like, doot, doot, it breaks the dungeon music. So you only get the backbeat oh. to it. Did you guys notice that? No, I didn't. Like if you're in a dun if you're in a dungeon and you get down to low health and it starts beeping, it absolutely breaks the music and it, you only hear half of the track. See, I played it on the Switch because my god, without the save state and the rewind feature, I would still oh, be in yeah. the first forest. Uh, me too, Eric. Like it's so difficult. I don't know how you did it, Zach. I really don't. You must did you play it on the this NES? A lot. 
Um, I have in the past. I played it on Switch these last two go arounds just because it was easier and more convenient for me to do it. Um, but it absolutely the music thing is still in there. So go in there, go into a dungeon. No, and I'm not get turning this health. back on. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> ever, I didn't. I it, ever. I did. I fully assumed that um, a month ago when I played it that I was going to have to use a guide, but apparently I had played this so much when I was a kid and read so many damn Nintendo powers. Even the last palace I remembered from memory. I, I did the whole thing from memory. I only consulted a guide once, and it was because I forgot where the last magic pot was, which you need for some reason to get one of the last spells. Yeah, you need full magic. Um, there's only four magic yeah. pots. There's four hearts. Um, four heart containers. There's a bunch of, I think there's five one-ups throughout the game. Six. Um, Little link dolls. Is it six? Yeah. 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 And you really need to save those until the last palace if you're doing mm. it legit. Well, what's kind of annoying is that when you when you die... Uh, if you run out of all your lives, you go all the way back to the beginning palace and then you have to backtrack yeah. your, your happy ass all the way to wherever you were before. But if you die with lives and you start back at the beginning of the room, so you have to be a little strategic about it when, you know, cause I spent most of my time in this game with zero health and zero magic, even so though I would I, sit, yeah. I would sit and farm. Um, it got really annoying because I was fighting an, uh, an enemy and then I'd take a hit. So I'd rewind so I could do it again. So I wouldn't take a hit and just kind of like, slowly inch my way through this game i think it took um, me five times longer than i needed to because i was Rick, that's exactly how i was playing it as well otherwise i would not have got to the end because just the, certain certain enemies like those knights where they block your attacks and then so i figured out a way to cheese them essentially if you jump and attack them you can hit them in the head to do it is yeah. it yeah that, oh, yeah. okay. It's a jump attack because you can you can hit them eventually just by persevering and stopping away up and down and then but then they introduce the blue ones who throw the, the knives and it, oh. ah they are the worst and then the boomerang yeah. guys and oh the boomerang guys as well the, the boomerang, boomerang guys, guys are irritating until I got to the blue guys and the blue guys are on a whole nother level because you can you jump and hit them. And then they do this really lengthy knife attack where they throw them either upwards or downwards and you've got to block them all and then jump and attack them again. And it's just, ah, uh, uh. Well, and two, they don't tell you, like, it's entirely possible to miss about half the spells in this game. Yeah. Um, because they're all <laughs> the, Dan about the sort of tertiary questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I got <laughs> to the last boss, the second off last boss, sorry, the Dark Phoenix thingamajiggy. And oh, discovered you that you need the thunder spell, which is outside on really far away from that palace. So that palace is incredibly long as well. I spent ages trying to go through it without a guide. Finally relented, had to use a guide. Otherwise, I never would have got to where I needed to go. Discovered I got to this boss, discovered that you need a spell to cast once to even be able to hurt the boss. So I had to backtrack all the way out. Get well, the spell, that was into the, the town of all the way uh, back, kill him. That was in the town uh, of Kasuka, where the first time you go in there, nobody is there because it's been yeah. abandoned and you get attacked by these invisible monsters. So then you go find the other town, which is then again, how the hell are you supposed to know this? You go out through a cave to this little patch of woods and then you have to use your hammer to knock down an entire clearing of forest to reveal a town that has people. <laughs> that must have taken a while. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> we. Uh, we moved, by the way. We moved. And, so, and to get the cross that has one purpose. To yep. show these <laughs> flying death monsters in the old Kasuka so then you can go into one of the buildings and... Talk to the weird old guy who gives you the thunder spell. 
Yeah. Do I have to molest your uncle? Yeah. Well, yeah, but that you was have where to you, have... you have to have jumps so you can get on the buildings, jump across, and then go down the chimney. Yeah. Like this game, and this, this, this game it, relied on the uh, on you just trying everything. And I don't I don't like that because it's not it's not intuitive. You know, like the, the original Final Fantasy games where as soon as you discovered, oh hey, I can click on this bookshelf and maybe I'll find an ether, or I can look in this dresser drawer and, and find a piece of armor. Like I would go through and I would just click on random stuff. This was not even to that level. This was just this is fucking random. Have fun. It is. It is random. Like even finding, I think it's actually called like the hidden palace where you have to play the flute in between the three blocks yeah. to open the palace. And then yeah. when one of the hearts, for example, is out in the middle of the ocean down a hidden path, which you yep. wouldn't even know about unless you were reading a guide. Yeah, it's just and to not- get to that island path, you have to go through the graveyard and just hope you walk onto the right square that drops you down a hole. Yeah. Well, at least that one, there's a hint because that's, that's in that water town. That. They say go south of King's Cross. Yeah. It's oh. like do south of King's Cross. There is a hint for that one. But the two hearts that you were talking about, it's absolutely true. There's one next to the three eye rock that's just on just one there. of the random tiles. And then there's one just fucking out in the middle of the ocean, which you think like I'm not supposed to walk out here because there's no other reason to walk out there. Until you stumble upon this one heart piece. And yeah, you, why literally, boots, you literally find a pair of boots which you can use to traverse the sea. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. I think they gave you that well, because when you the, the palace that you get those boot, boots from is um, in the middle the of the palace, maze. Right? And they don't want to have you backtrack through that maze again. So they're just like, eh, just walk on the river. Here's some boots. Have fun. See ya. Yeah. Well, and like I said, the, the thing that broke the game for me was something that I discovered as a kid which is, you know, you naturally sort of come across palaces and dungeons and you kind of think that's the order that you go through. And it's not Ooh. true. Um, you're supposed to go from Parappa, which is the first palace, to Death Mountain. From Death Mountain, you're supposed to go to the Island Palace, which is the one with the graveyard, and then come back and do the Swamp Palace. Yeah, I'm sure but I went in just, a palace where I didn't have the necessary things to get through it, and I had to yeah. go, I think it's probably the Death Mountain bit, actually, that you're on about. I kind of, I didn't want to use a guide when I was first playing this, and by the end, I was like, how did I ever do any of this without a guide? Because <laughs> it's just... Well, when you, when you do Death Mountain... Uh, And it's sort of interchangeable. You can do Death Mountain first, which is fucking rock hard. That is sort of the stumbling block for most people. Most people get to Death Mountain like just no, because it's a maze number one. Uh, But it's also really hard because it's got all the red boomerang guys in it and just tons of jumps. Yeah, that's one of the first bits I really struggled at. It was. Yeah. Without the rewind feature, I I don't think I would have done it. I really don't because it's just so unfair. Like you have no health at that point as well. And it's just. The boomerang guys take off probably most of your health when they hit you. It's, you like, a bo- it's like a block of health every yeah. time yeah, they hit if you. They, if they, there is a spell called shield, which you can use, which reduces the damage you take, which I use occasionally. But there are multiple times in this game where you have to have lots of magic to progress. Otherwise, you can't do it. Like anytime like, you needed yeah. the fairy skill to go up that cliff. Like, well, I guess I'm going to go backtrack and farm magic. Yeah. Yeah. Where the jump spell is another one they like to overuse. So the because the, there's always a jump like just right out of reach. The the leveling up system is a little goofy too, in that every time you kill an enemy, you get points that go towards your next level. And when you hit like a baseline level, uh, there's three things you can level up: your health, your attack, and your magic. And 
each one has a prescribed amount of points you need per level. So if you have attack and magic leveled all the way up, then you know your 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 heart your health is only going to be you need two hundred. So as soon as you hit the lowest number needed for your next level of something, then it pops up. And it's like, do you want to spend your points or save them? And you can stockpile them up until you get whatever you want to to level up. Um, I made it about halfway through without really leveling up much of my health because um, every time I would put something into it, the bar wouldn't increase. I didn't know you could select which one you wanted. I thought I just chose for you. I just went, yeah, that's fine. Pick that. That's no, okay. you, you, you press up or down. Yeah, it didn't work. You can go up to cancel. So it, it only gives you the amount. So the, um, the reason it probably chose for you is because this is the only one you can afford at this time. So if you go up to cancel, then it backs out and it keeps all your points. And then the number changes to the next highest up. So then when yep. you hit that, um, it'll pop up again and you can choose from the two that are available that you have enough points for. Mm. So each yeah. each skill, you can get up to a total level of eight. And if you're going to beat the game uh, authentically, you have to have everything at eight. I had yeah. attack at eight um, and then I had everything else at seven. And I still really struggled in that last palace. But um, I went around and collected the four heart pieces, which then gave you all of the uh, all of the extra health. And then I got the rest of the magic pieces. Actually, no, I take that back. My magic was only at level five when I completed the game. So I had enough magic to cast thunder once once on that Phoenix guy and go, oh, my God. So I would hit him. And then if I got hit again, I would rewind. So I was just going through that whole battle. I had no health whatsoever. I was going through that whole battle just rewinding and trying to perfect my next move to avoid one of those flames it was it was well, really like, janky rewinding on the switch as well you kind of had to train your brain on how to do it did, did you, you ever find accidentally this as well? press pause and yeah. then like, as you go to do something like okay i need to rewind oh shit it's 45 seconds of a pause screen yeah. <laughs> i actually rewound you can rewind quite far on it as well because I, yeah. I remember i didn't know where i was going i wandered at the other side of the world for no reason i was like then i read the guy and i was like well i don't need to be here so i rewound all the way to the other side of the world <laughs> it's like i lost i lost quite a bit of experience but i was like i really can't be bothered to go back yeah it's yeah. just well i yeah, if you do uh, so, like I said, the two things that you can do to break the game and make it much easier, um, one is to do the Swamp Palace before you do Death Mountain because there's tons of uh, the knights or I call them Dark Nuts because that's what they are in every other Zelda game. Um, there's tons of those, and I think they start at either fifty or hundred points each of experience, and that low level, you know, because you start off and it's only like two or three hundred experience points to a level, so you can just grind oh, right through. When you those. get the end, you need eight. Eight thousand. The best place to farm is outside of the hidden palace in those woods directly above, and you actually don't go for the big goblin guy. You go for the smaller blobs because they have two of those red spear uh, lizards that give one hundred and fifty each. And if your attack is at seven or above, they take two hits. So you can you can honestly net three hundred experience about every fifteen seconds. I always did. So the the other easy way to grind is the uh, bouncing skull tellos in every palace are worth 50 a pop. Oh, yeah. And they res- they respawn in every time that you go in and out of the palace. So if you find one that's got a room that's got one of those right up front, just keep running in and out of the room and they'll respawn and you can grind up. But mine was to walk into the graveyard after you get the cross and you can see all the little floaty things. Each one of those, if you do it as a as the blob, not the boogeyman, is 450 Ooh. a pop. 
because they're 50 a pop. I found a spot um, in the... And I just go in there and down slash and hope they all run underneath me. <laughs> yeah, doing that a lot as well. I found yeah. a spot in one of the palaces where... Uh, so when you get the down slash, you can break open blocks. And there was one where there's a, a, a lava pit with those breakable blocks above. And it had those dragons that would jump out of the uh, out of the lava and then shoot a fireball at you and then mm. go back down. I found a spot where if I stood perfectly, the dragon from the left would arc up and the top of its arc would be right below me. And then the one on the right would end right there as well. So they would just jump up. I would jump, down stab him, kill him, and the next one. And I they're only worth 10 points, but you just sit there and continually do that. So I was trying to farm magic and at the same time went up th- two or three levels in everything. It took about 20 minutes, but... I needed to get yeah. my magic all the way up, and in the process, I didn't have to move at all. Yeah, I think mine... There's a couple ways to exploit um, the game, and one of the things that Rewind, Rewind taught me is that um, there's a lot of randomness, randomness to Zelda. Yeah. Like, did you notice in the temples, um, sometimes you could slash the head of one of those knight statues, and it would turn into a knight, but sometimes it'd drop a red magic. Yeah, it's completely it, random. It is because if you rewind, sometimes it'll be a magic pot instead. Yeah. yeah. And that's that blows my mind. Like, how is this? Is it just by the second? Is it, you know, just a random roll of the dice? Yeah, is it like just, one of those hidden Mario blocks that's just rotating through the items? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, too, at but the yeah. at the end, because I got to the end of the last palace and in the guide, it said, you know, these blocks over here to the left, if you if you need magic, one of them could have a red potion or it could have one of those massive red death knights that'll kill you in one hit. So that happened. Oh, and those I, are no I joke. I got hit, rewound, hit it again, red potion. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Safe state. Are they the ones who throw the knives and jump around as well? Yes. They're a yeah, nightmare. They are aggressive. Well, there's that one section too where you one of them was chasing you through this room where you then had to break through the blocks and climb your way out and every guide is like yeah don't fight him you'll die just try to run away and you just had to get lucky yeah you have to try and trap him on one side of the blocks and see if he'll stay so i had to equip the jump spell jump up break open the blocks and then jump up again and hope i made it out of there with enough life it this game is odd in terms of its mechanics too like you the uh, thunderbird boss who's the second to last one do you notice you can't upstrike him I didn't you really can't use upstrike much. I found that to be really cumbersome. I used it, it on those red guys that I was on about before. They wanted through the knives and jumped around. If that, yeah. When they jump over oh. you, upstrike them, and it makes it so much easier. Yeah. But so, like, on. So I assumed that you could because on the. It's not the river devil. I always forget. It's the dragon that pops up his head out of the lava. That guy, like, and there's yeah. four different spots he can come up. Ah, you can downstrike there. Yeah, if you can downstrike him and hit it just right so you don't bounce off of him, you can kill him in one volley. Oh, geez. Because you just downstrike him and stay right on top of him. It's just it's that time Zelda um, jump where you can't have any momentum behind you, but you can downstrike him and you'll just stay on him as he pops up and he's dead instantly. That was one boss that I went into where I had actually no red showing on my health bar and I didn't have to rewind the battle once because it was that Uh. simple. Well, and you because you can hit him as he pops up out of the lava, too. So as long as you know where he's coming up, you strike him twice, jump mm-hmm. up, strike him, jump away and then strike back and hit him as he's going down. You can hit like three bars of his health in one volley. I actually boss, found but. the bosses in this game to be the easiest enemies out of everything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, How many times did you have to fight that dude that was jousting? Probably a good four or five. Three yeah, or they, four. They yeah. liked him. They really liked him. <laughs> yeah. 
and for no good reason because he wasn't a hard boss. A- again, you just have to put on shield and I know, hope it's, he's not it's just it's just you. one of those blue knights who throws the knives at you, but with an added horsey, and then you kill the horsey, and then he good turns into a normal blue knight, and then you just yeah. But without downstrike, he was harder. When you have downstrike, getting him off the horse super simple. Before you get that, like if you go into that boss without it, like, oh yeah, oh, I think that would be rough. so did, difficult. Did this game yeah. do the downstrike before um, Ducktales? Uh, yeah, this would have been way before Ducktales. Okay. The downstrike is a great move. It's really 90. useful, but yeah, it's, Plus it looks it's like so you're the, the enemy's behavior is down. so unpredictable. <laughs> It's just real difficult sometimes to ascertain when and where you're going to use it. Well, and then the yeah. the, the those little blobs. Or sometimes when it's going to work. Yeah, those little blobs that are clearly the Dragon Quest slimes. You know, you'd be walking towards them, then they would shimmy and jump into you and kill you. Um, speaking what of about Dragon Quest, what about in the last palace where it had the, those giant blobs which just suddenly fall from the ceiling? Oh Jesus, how random was that? Yeah, you have to upstrike. Like, yeah, there's just nothing there, and you go in a room, and then suddenly just a massive blob falls in you. Oh, thanks. Rewind. And you, can have, and you can have eight attack, and all those blobs take like four hits. Yeah, just give you hardly any experience. The little bastards. Yeah. Speaking of Dragon yeah, Quest, for five though, there was. Did you guys catch the Dragon Quest reference in this game? Nope. Because I've no. Are they in the slimes? No, there was a in, in the town of Soraya. There's a gravestone that reads, "Here lies Lodo." which is a reference to the uh, Dragon Quest hero. And then Square Enix later returned the favor and put a, um, a gravestone in one of the Final Fantasy games in, in the town of Elfheim that says, Here Lies Link. Oh, that's cool. I sort of like those little developer nods. That's neat. The town names, too. Let's talk about that for a second, because those are those will sound familiar for any Zelda fan. There's um, uh, Soraya, um, there's Ruto, there's Raru, and... Dinaru or something like that yeah and and then you know obviously this game came out in 87 and then those names reference other Zelda characters in later games however if you look at the chronology of where this game lies within the Zelda universe those towns are actually named after those people yep you're blowing my mind Eric yep and in fact, if you read the instruction manual, Impa is actually referenced for the first time. Oh, that was uh, she, Zelda's bodyguard. This, yeah, the sort, yeah, the, the bodyguard, sheik. and then in Breath of the Wild, she was the elder. But she is the one that. Uh, this is the first game where it's ever mentioned, and again, it's in the instruction, so it's hard to find. Um, but this is the first time that it's mentioned that Link has the Triforce tattoo on the back of his hand. He doesn't know what it is. He goes to Impa, and then she takes him to the first palace where Zelda is entombed. Or asleep conveniently. It says, put um, your hand here. <laughs> so it's sort of reference. So there are all these sort of long reaching ideas that come out of this game. It's just none of the mechanics were carried over. With the exception, of course, of the magic. That was really the big one that carried over. Yeah. I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Oh. I'm glad I played it, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Quick note about the fairy spell. So within the dun- the the layout of the dungeons is annoying at best um i think had they kept the top-down version of the dungeons which obviously wouldn't have worked because they wanted to to do the side-scrolling combat aspect of things but um zelda dungeons are very definitive when they're top-down because they can be convoluted they can be confusing but they work better from a top-down view this almost tried to pull in a little bit of that metroidvania style which just didn't work with a lot of the mechanics of of 
not having a whole lot of health, not having a lot of magic, no map to reference, and just no freaking idea where you're supposed to go. And the whole thing is just going from one room to another trying to find a key to get through a door. However, if you had the fairy spell and enough magic, you can use fairy to get through any locked door. Yep. Really? You just use fairy and yeah. pop right on through. She can fly what through about the lock. As, what about as well later on where you can find a magic key which opens every door? Well, that's needed for that palace. Like you, you yeah. physically because there's not enough key. There's no keys. There's not in enough there. keys yeah. in that palace. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's, there's when, that's when you have to use the spell spell to yeah. reveal uh, a yes. hidden <laughs> reveal a hidden house. Which how are you meant to know this? <laughs> a cave with a really tall door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the spell spell, which we couldn't even bother to name. Fucking abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did you all notice? I don't. I don't know if you tried this, but the fairy spell can also screw up your game. Oh, if you're if you were in fairy form and like in a town and just fly straight up, it'll give you that falling animation, and then you can spawn as Link just anywhere in the world. <laughs> sometimes in the ground, yeah. sometimes in a house. It can totally break your game. Oh, wow. Sweet. that's really cool. It's it's a well thought out mechanic. Yeah, it wow. sounds like it. <laughs> The fairy spell was um, weird though, as well, because you could you could use it and then, but you couldn't get out of being a fairy until you went into the next room. Yeah, which was really helpful on those levels where there were tons of enemies like throwing stuff at you. Well, and yeah. then there's one there, there's one section in the second to last or last dungeon where you have to fall through a pit, and somehow this pit is just a looping pit. You fall down, you go down a level, pit. and you if you fall down five times, you're back at the top somehow, but the third screen down halfway through you have to cast the fairy spell so you can go over to the right to get your item yep and if you don't have enough magic guess what go back to the beginning the other thing go too that's magic. that's unique about this is that each palace has a special item whether it's the boots or the cross or the raft or or whatever you don't need to get that item to complete the dungeon um subsequent zelda games they ensure that you get that item by requiring you to use that item to beat the dungeon so you don't miss it. Well, I missed the raft and I got out of the palace, the ocean palace. Oh. And I'm like, well, how the f- how, how do I how do I get out of here? How do I do this? Like, well, you got to use the raft. I'm like, where the fuck's the raft? So I had to go all the way back through that second dungeon. And- I did the exact same thing, Eric, but I missed the flute. Ugh. The, I it's use so you frustrating. Twice flute. Yes. Yeah. No. The flute to move Snorlax out of the way, and then the flute to reveal <laughs> the hidden palace. <laughs> I like how we refer to him as the river monster. No yeah. other reference in the game. Just oh, it's the big black spider down there. Okay, great. Cool. Yeah, he why, just why is just he there? chills in the middle of the road continuously. We haven't seen that side of the world ever because nobody has a flute. So. Yeah, there's only one flute. We've lost the flute making art. Well, and then there's a there, there's a in Link's Awakening. You use the flute to move the walrus. So I guess it is a. Zelda mechanic. Yeah. Snorlax gets around. (laughs) What was the, um, I was always confused by after I get the magic water walking shoes, why do I still take the raft across the first one? Yeah. Because that's (laughs) okay. Just because sometimes sometimes you just don't want to walk. Zach, you just want to chill out on your raft. But sometimes those boots are really necessary. (laughs) Apparently you didn't get the ore and there's enough current to drive you from the dock to the other side. Yeah, I I was thoroughly I was firmly convinced that this game was all about bad parenting 
and getting items to break the game because there are like no less than three missing children in this game where oh, just yeah. like oh yeah we walked into this dangerous area and just fucking dropped our baby in its little stupid papoose I love how he picks <laughs> him up like an item as well when he gets him he's like yes <laughs> I found a random child <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> excellent did we talk about the obvious prostitution going on in every town? Oh, uh, yes, obvious we need to prostitution. Do this. Yeah. So the only the only way to really replenish your health is die, find a fairy, use the life spell, or go to your local hooker. Um, and there are two. There are two hookers. Uh, the young hooker will replenish your life, and then the old hooker will show you the tricks of the trade and some magic and restore your magic points. <laughs> And if you oh, talk to the wrong hooker, you want to see some magic. <laughs> and I think Sonny the, Weed is how we did it in my day. The purple, shuck on this, yeah, Teddy, I'll show you some real magic. <laughs> the purple hookers represent up. venereal disease because uh. they just turn into a bat and kill you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there was I thought the exact, the exact same thing, though. Like, it's just it's terrible, but the, the way it's worded and the, the fact that they take you into the house like instantly is just so weird. Like, let me see what I can do. <laughs> Link comes out a few minutes later. It's like, oh, I feel great. Then just above the health bar, it says fully erect. <laughs> so, and now can, he can shoot things out of his sword. Yeah. <laughs> Which can does look a bit like he's grasping a massive knob if you look carefully. <laughs> so does the downstrike. Just, just. <laughs> Get it! We call that the pilot driver, Zach. <laughs> can, can we talk about the last boss and how nonsensical that is for a minute? Because if you consider everything about the Legend of Zelda, the last boss is not Shadow Wink. It's an old man that has the Triforce. And none is of it? the game makes sense. Yes! I thought it was just walking. his doppelganger. No, it, you walk be, into a room, known as there's, Dark a, Link. there's an old asshole that has the fucking Triforce. He shines it's not it on Ganon. you. Doppelganger Link shows up, and then you go wake up Queen Sparkle Tits. Like, that is the end of the game. <laughs> and then the curtain comes down, and they obviously get jiggy with but it. But also, how yes. is Queen Sparkle Tits there? No, you have to... Well, they don't show that. That part, they save you. You traversing back to the lair of Queen Sparkle Tits. Who is just asleep and is like, oh, thanks for getting the fucking Triforce. Now I can wake up. Not there's power. Just I got the Triforce and thank you. I woke up and now we can have the curtain come down. But the last boss is just an old man who has the Triforce, who creates Shadow Link by shining the Triforce on you. And then you win and save the world. And you can easily cheese this. Easily. Oh, so easily. Yeah. This, this boss took me 15 seconds. You just go to the bottom left corner, crouch, and just start stabby, 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 and he can't hit you at Works all. Works on bottom left or bottom right. Yeah, just he cannot hit you. But apparently, uh, um, Stephanie was mentioning that she and her boyfriend were playing the Japanese version, and that did not work. Yeah, there are some differences in the Japanese version. It's a bit yes. harder... Um, the, so I imagine that's true, but thank God I played the good old American version where fuck playing that guy for real. I've well, tried they, it a thousand times and I've never beaten him once. Some of the major changes were that um, the arrangement of the bosses. So Helmet Head uh, had the boss of the fifth dungeon. They moved him to the second dungeon for America. 
Um, and then the fifth boss for America, they made a new enemy called Guma, who is just that giant troll with the mace. Um, you know, and I think it was, I, th- I think it was made, they did it to make the game a little easier because if you look at the kind of the history with Japanese releases versus American releases, they wanted to make things easier and more accessible for the North American release. Like look at Mario two, they just withheld Mario brothers two in the U S and gave us some bullshit reskin version of Doki Doki panic yep. um, because they thought that, Oh, Mario two is too difficult for those Americans. Have you played Mario two? It is too difficult for Americans. Yeah. I'm playing it now. I have to save state to play that game. It's well, the only ridiculously way, hard. side note with that, the only way you can play it here really in the States is through the uh, releases of like the um, Mario all stars oh. with the lost levels and on the virtual console. Every single one of those is kind of the 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 reskinned release that has the yeah. input lag on it, yeah. so it makes it damn near unplayable. Yeah, Have you guys seen some of the, the levels they're coming up with on the um, Mario Maker Two thing? Like they're just so complicated. It's like, and they're just so difficult. But people speed running them and everything, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, I, I, I have no interest in that. I tried it with Mario Maker 1, and some people are just sadists. So I have, yeah. you know, I, I already played Dark Souls. I'm mad enough as it is most of the time. <laughs> I don't need something else. <laughs> what, do, yeah, are there any other release or any other changes between? Um, I remember reading something about um, all the palaces are different colors in the U.S. version. And in well, they the were all original, basically the same color in the American Yeah, they're all just, they were all, well, they were all gray in the uh, Famicom dispersion. Um, so that would have been great. That would have been playing like all the Mario castle levels over and over again. Um, and then, yeah, just the bosses, some of the music was different. Oh, and the, uh, the indicate like the random battle dudes were different in Japan. Oh, for whatever a, reason. I found a, I found a list of some things that are different here. So the game over screen, the Fam- Famicom disc version, the message is accompanied by the same audio heard in a couple of the boss fights and a game over screen featuring a laughing Ganon was created for NES, which, by the way, had to be toned down in the subsequent releases because it was causing seizures with the flashing screen. Oh, my <laughs> God, really? <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't uh, even appear in the game other than nah. this. No, but he's still. This is in the the chronological timeline where Link fails to beat Ganon in Ocarina of Time, so he does still yeah. exist. Um, what, so he thought. So he thought he'd send his old man the, follower to make a shadow person instead. Note about the laugh <laughs> from Ganon on the game over screen. It is just a um, a repurposed uh, audio file from Punch Out. The yeah. Soda Papinski laugh yep. after he KOs or something like that. Uh, Link, the sprite was actually changed in the North American version. They gave him a visible mouth. Um, in the FDS version, you collected items by stabbing them. In the NES version, you touch it and go through. Um, let's see. Touch it with a downward wang. <laughs> I remember having to stab it in the Switch version. No, You had to stab the pea bags. Which are another you couldn't, glorious you couldn't addition. Just, you couldn't just walk through the magic. You had to hit the magic. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else was there? There are some changes to Zelda's Chamber. 
the NES version, the pillars continue all the way to the exit. Um, the Famicom version, they stopped right at the edge of the stairs. There were some flames added. The monsters look a little different in the Famicom version. They were all like these little floating flame orbs that were either peach blue or red. We got the black Dragon Quest slime, the black kind of <laughs> Ganon looking thing, and then the fairy. Um to indicate difficulty. <laughs> the, the the kidnapped kid in the Famicom version looked like a, a muscular midget Popeye. Uh, what else was there? Anything of importance? The King's Tomb looks vastly different. Oh my god, what was the... Uh, I was going to say something about the, the kids. Not the ones that you find, like the kidnapped babies, but why are all the kids missing necks? Like the yeah. actual kids that you find in towns are just shoulders and head. <laughs> Um, what else was there? Oh, the River Devil was different. He was an yeah. ogre-like monster in the Famicom version. Snorlax. Hell yeah. We need Bigfoot. Snorlax. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of differences if you just flick that open and, and take a peek at it. It's I think they looked at the the dungeons looked a lot cooler in the Famicom disc. Yeah. They're all the, they're just all the same and this version it's just it's just bland uh the magic reflect was called reflex which doesn't make sense <laughs> hmm but yeah some of the music's a little different too so yeah it's always interesting to see what differences there are between the two versions well they had two full years to come out and really <laughs> make changes to the game and then compress it and getting it getting it get it in a cartridge this was one of two games, by the way. And I can't go a whole show without mentioning Castlevania. So, <laughs> uh, but this and Simon's Quest released the same year, and they were both they were both sufferers of the chip shortage. And I remember I ended up getting Simon's Quest first and having my layer of disappointment because that game was in no way like Castlevania one. Um, but the the Legend of Zelda was my other one that I really wanted that year. And looking back, I probably should have stuck to Simon's Quest. <laughs> yeah, God, I remember yeah, when I Simon's think so. Quest came out. Ooh, yeah. buddy, what a Despite game! Despite all its flaws, and what I don't hate Zelda too. It's something that I'll pick up and play like once every five or ten years and go, oh, "Yep, that was shit." Oh but no, I don't. I'll never it. play it again, <laughs> ever. No, I, oh, come um, on, go back to Spirit I didn't Tracks. Not, I didn't. <sighs> well, I'm glad I've played it, so I understand what it's like. But I'm like Eric, and I never, ever ever want to touch this again ever yeah i am not one out of five stars it. it was shit well since then it's been the only uh side-scrolling zelda game except for a couple scenes within link's awakening yep um oh to yeah honest, and this i, I is wouldn't one even the... i wouldn't even give it one boiled owl out of five i would i, I wouldn't <laughs> So you guys mentioned the mirror portion. This is one of the few instances where he has an actual speaking part. Because he says, I found a mirror under the table. So he actually spoke. Interesting. Uh, It's not like that in the Japanese version. It's just a generic message stating that Link found the mirror. Uh, Yeah. Trying to see if there's anything else worth mentioning here. Yeah, I don't know. I get why people love it because it is so fundamentally different and it's definitely more action oriented. It's just not for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, yeah I, I'm the same as you. I can get it, but I'm just, I don't know. It's just something about it. 
I don't know. I don't know how anybody can say it's their favorite Zelda game. I genuinely don't get it because it's it's not even it's not even a good Zelda game. It's not even a good game. It's just Mm. eh. it's just it's just there. It's an experiment they tried and failed miserably with. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue with you that it is a failed experiment because they've never done anything like it again in oh terms of Zelda. God. Yeah, they, they've definitely gone the other route. And let's fingers face it, cro- Zelda... Fingers crossed for that remake, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even down to like, here's the key thing that annoyed me as a child um, about the Adventures of Link is that Hyrule is in no way laid out like it was in the original Zelda. That no. gives me the red ass like nothing else when like you can't even have continuity between the two games because it's supposed to be Hyrule. Yeah, and the it, same game. Yeah, it doesn't look at all like it. Like if you had given it a couple of nods and said like, oh, well, you know, here's this palace here. Or here's this thing here. I'd have been OK with it. It's only supposed to be like eight years later. And yet the geography of Hyrule is completely different. Yeah. And Hyrule is not that big. I mean, as we learned in uh, Link's Awakening, because it's basically a big island and then Link goes to other places. So I think that's great. Yeah. But yeah, that well, that really annoyed me, the lack of continuity. We have some questions from the community. If you want to join in on the conversation, facebook.com slash groups slash factory sealed podcast. We have quite a bit to chug through here. Um, I, th- nope. I think... We actually have two. We actually have two posts worth because I asked for some more questions. Because we yeah, on the original I'm, post, on the original post, everybody always gets distracted by your head. So you're right. Is, I'm looking it's, at that now, going, "Oh, hey, 44 comments. Ah, there's there's a question in here somewhere." Uh, so it's now see. it's now oh, become a tradition of mine for every post asking for questions for this show that Eric's head gets in there somehow. And I did the Zelda two box art this this time. And very subtly photoshopped his head into the crest at the top of the box. <laughs> Looks great. It was a thing of beauty. Yeah, our it first, was a good one. I enjoyed that question. One. Comes I think from... I still think my favorite is the Chronicles of Riddick, though. I, like I thought that, that was the oh, best. That was so good. Uh, first question: Josh Bernstein, Bernstein, Bernstein. In your opinions, where does this game rank in the Zelda canon of the Zelda games you've played? Dead so last. Imagine, imagine that that toilet that I blocked, right? There's a layer of shit at the top of it. And then underneath that, it goes down into the sewers where there's an even bigger layer of shit. And then underneath that, there's even more shit. And then underneath that is Zelda 2. That's where it is. Okay. It is. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's third from last because down at the very tippy tops of the shit bin is... Zelda Hyrule Adventures. Yeah, but that which, was CDI though, and that's not technically canon. No, 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 no. No, I'm talking about the Wii version. The Dynasty Warriors ripoff. Hyrule Adventures was you just Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors. Warriors. Hyrule Warriors, sorry. Hyrule yeah. Warriors was definitely shit. Oh, the 3DS um, version of that was toilet. And then a, just in second place of the turds is the Crossbow <sighs> game. I don't oh my know, god, Link's crossbow good. training. That's no, pretty I hated that good. Sh- I hated that shit. And then right above it is Zelda 2. Nope, this is Zelda 2 is below all of them. I, I will I gladly think, play Spirit Tracks the rest of my life before playing this again. I think I think even the Wanda Gamalian comes in higher just because it's so ridiculous and over the top bad. Yes. I really want to play that. Yeah, you don't. But <laughs> <laughs> I, 
It's fucking god awful. <laughs> Wasn't there, there were two more on there? It was um, uh, Zelda Adventures or something like that. Yeah, there's Zelda's Adventures where she is the um, she is sort of the heroine, and that one wasn't terrible for a CDI game, which is to say it's utter shit. But it's the better of the two. And then there is Wand of Gamalion, which Ooh. is one of the worst. Exp- Have you ever heard of a game called Plumbers Don't Wear Ties? It's no. worse than that. It is worse than a game about plumbers don't wear ties. No, it it sounds awful. like a, it sounds like some kind of weird pawn thing. Yeah. Do you have a copy of Sword of Chameleon? Me? Oh yeah. God, no! I'm not. I'm not putting out four hundred dollars for a shit game. I'll put out thirty dollars for a shit game. I'm hoping to find that at some point. Oh, there was Link: The Faces of Evil, Zelda: The Wand of Chameleon, and Zelda's Adventures, all on the yeah. CDI. Okay, so there's three. I bet they're all over four or five hundred bucks. Apparently, there was another shit game called Super Mario, uh, called Mario Hotel, which sounds like a brothel. Oh no, Super Mario! Uh, the Super Mario game was actually decent. I mean, there's nothing to it, but it's a decent game. Look at that! Look at that picture that I just sent you. That that is from the CDI. Yes, it is. Look, you at should that. hear. Yeah, I've seen, I've you seen should this hear before. them talk. It is amazing. Oh, it's it's even worse than the Zelda cartoon. Yeah, it's like oh hi Zelda. <laughs> oh, it's like that really, <laughs> really uh, stereotypical '80s interaction. It's it's real bad. Yep, it's awful. Um, but yes, see. there are there are fundamentally much better Zelda games to play. I'm going to bring this up not only because it's one of my favorite Zelda games, but because it will make Eric recoil in horror that I own this and he does not. Oh, I have my... No, yours is sealed, though. That's the thing that pisses Mine me off. Mine is sealed. <laughs> but have you had yours since you were eight years old? I have not. Yeah. See, that's where I, I can I, That's where I can fall I, back on it. I have several things from when I was eight that are not sealed. How about that? <laughs> including, including the Adventures of Link, which is not sealed. That's still in great shape for being I know. that old. It's a very yeah. shiny... It's Box because up. I don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens to things that don't get used. They stay in great shape. Um, I would say I I think we've talked about this in the past though I think my top three Zelda games would be um, Link's Awakening Breath of the Wild and I'm probably going to say Link Between Worlds okay you know I haven't actually played Link Between Worlds oh it's so great right at the end just never see it coming I would say my top Zelda is actually Breath of the Wild and second is actually Skyward Sword, which I absolutely Woo. love. Woo! Controversial. And, uh, I can't even think of a third, to be honest. Um, Can you name a third one? Like, just Twilight in general? Prin- Twilight Princess. I actually really like Twilight Princess. How about uh, Link to the Past? I heard you love that one. <laughs> yeah, it was great, that one. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed Minish Cap when we played Minish oh, Cap. Oh, yeah. Minish Cap is great. That's in my top five Zeldas for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you. I think Breath of the Wild is it it's quickly becoming one of my favorite Zeldas. I haven't played it 500 times like I have some of the other Zelda games, um, but it's definitely in my top three. Um, I, um, Link's, Link's I, added, I added for Wii U before I got the Switch, and I've never actually got it again for the Switch because no matter what, it does not come down in price. I'm not no. paying full price again. So no, it does not. <laughs> it's like Zach, so many you've Nintendo never played products. Link Between Worlds. I've never played Link. I, I don't have a DS. I have tons oh, of DS dude, games and not a dude, DS. A lot plot 
twist. <laughs> shut <laughs> up. Tell you shut about up. that plot. I already know twist. what it is. You can't spoil it for me. But, it, will, uh, like, it will blow your mind with its magnificence. <laughs> my, my, my third is going to be also controversial. I'm going to go with Majora's Mask. Because I, I, genu- mm-hmm. I genuinely enjoy the twist of Majora's Mask and the sort of interesting mechanic that's different. And it's a very dark game, and I enjoy that. Um, I could see I thought that. It was, yeah. The only thing I didn't Not- like about Majora's Mask is that it, you can't play it without a guide. You just can't. No, but if you try, it makes it one hell of a game. Yeah. <laughs> Even knowing as much as I do about Majora's Mask, like I still have to reference guides. Well, and it. the difference between Zelda 2 and Majora's Mask playing with a guide is that Zelda 2, I don't think you could physically get through without a guide. Majora's Mask, you can. You just will miss a ton of shit. Yeah. Yeah, you'll miss half that world. But man, yeah, there's a lot to miss in Majora's Mask. I've never played it through to completion. It's one I want to do at some point, I think. It's, yeah, it's funny because Legend of Zelda never pops up on my list of even like top 10 Zelda games. Huh. Um, the original, it, it's a fun game and it was really cool for its time and it definitely got me hooked. But there are so many better RPGs, even action RPGs, yeah. um, that I have a hard time seeing through putting it on there. Uh, but like, I love Link to the Past. I, it's And it's definitely a, a sort of autobiographical experience. It was one of my first really, truly hooking um, Super Nintendo experiences. I agree. And my 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 buddy had it before I even had a Super Nintendo, and I'd always go to his house and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. this is it. But just I uh, I was absolutely enamored with it, and I loved, like I said before, that one came out. I loved the first two Zelda games. I used to sort of play a Mad Nauseam, uh, but I you know when Link to the Past came out, I was definitely hooked, and it was you know challenging, and you could play it a lot of different ways. Um, Ocarina of Time is on there for a game that I love but has not aged well. It hasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, I've, I said it before when, when Breath of the Wild came out and we spent a lot of time talking about it. I think Breath of the Wild might actually be one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Like, it might be one of the best games ever made. I I, I yeah. would agree with that. It's um, just mechanically how everything comes together. It's spectacular. The only gripe I had with it really was the degradable weapons. I, I didn't get away yeah. with that as much. But other than that, I mean, for the sequel, I'd like them to take that out and maybe have a bit more dungeon exploration. But and other not than make that, them timed. Yeah, let's not it have takes... 120 shrines. Yeah, I yeah. would like more traditional dungeons. But I mean, Breath of the Wild ticks all the boxes for me. My biggest gripe about it was that it came out at the same time as Horizon Zero Dawn. And as a mm. function of playing Breath of the Wild, I never finished Horizon Zero Dawn. I was I just, Zach. I was I was the same. I, I have finished Zero Dawn, but not being able to climb everything after playing yeah. Zelda was so difficult. Like it ruined and, it for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I should have played Horizon first. Funnily enough, I am actually playing Horizon again at the moment because Mike was on about playing the DLC. And so yeah. I went back and started playing it again. My God, that game is just breathtaking. I've got to get so pretty. I've got to get through the sinking city and I've got a couple others on my list, but it, it's on my list to get back to because it was such a, it was an engaging game and it had a cool world and I loved all the enemies, but I just, mm. I had played breath of the wild for like 120 hours. And at the yeah, time I just could you not get, get back out, into don't, it. You don't want an open world game again yeah. soon after. I'd like I to mean, play through horizon. horizon. Horizon for me, Zach has one of the best stories of this generation. I think it's absolutely okay. fantastic. So I want to I play it again and this play. time actually level my stuff up instead yeah, of just that, going that helps through. that helps yeah <laughs> you might struggle with the big dinosaurs when if you don't level up like me you probably I struggle, struggle but i made it through uh juliet breslin romano um given dan's post 
I'm glad I didn't play along as this would have been my first Zelda. Which game, which Zelda game would you all suggest I tackle first? Also, I love using guides, but does using a guide in a Zelda game sort of ruin it because of the puzzle aspect? It's unlikely I'd replay it with a guide afterwards, so I wouldn't want to miss out on a lot of stuff. This would be a terrible introduction to the Zelda franchise. It really yeah. would. You'd never play one again. But I would, I would say that if you want to start with one, you might want to start with one of the famous 2D ones, like Link to the Past or something like that. Yeah. I mean, wasn't my cup of tea, really, but all one of the more modern ones, which because they're infinitely more accessible than the older ones. Yeah, I would, I would honestly, and I know that I've got kind of a boner for this, but Link's Awakening is a fantastic entry point into Zelda. Yeah, get get the remake yeah. for your Switch. It's all yeah. right. It's really accessible. Uh, as far as using a guide, I don't really think you need it. The only time you'd really need a guide in that game would be for the um, the item trading, which is, it's semi-optional, but the way that that game is laid out is that it just kind of naturally guides you through to where you need to be. And part of the part of the joy of that game and, and the top-down Zeldas in general is just that sheer exploration. Um, you can't really get lost. You know, you always have a little bit of direction as to where to go, but if you just hunt around, you'll find something new and unique. Um, I think either that or Link to the Past. I think starting with, like, Minish Cap might be a little uh, too yeah. aggressive. Minish Cap is kind of a high barrier to entry. It, well, it depends on what kind of thing you like as well, because I, I think I've said this before, I'm a bigger fan of a 3D Zelda than I am a 2D Zelda. If you've never played a Zelda game, though, yeah. and you don't understand the but, mechanics or the design or the layout or the function... But they're, they're drastically different 2D to 3D as well. They have the same yeah. fundamental things of getting items and using them, but in a 3D plane, it's completely different. Which I think I might be a little off-putting. I don't know mm. that you would appreciate how good the 3D Zelda games are without starting with a game like Link to the Past because yes. it's un, it's an almost one for one translation and without understanding the sort of core mechanics of Zelda, I don't know that the 3D Zeldas would be like as good as they are to folks like us that have played all of these things to ridiculous levels. Yeah. Um but I will say it like this, I like the Twilight Princess a whole lot. Do not start with that one. No. That has the most insane three hours of learning how to play it for zero reason it's got um yep. a tutorial phase, fishing which is for stupid. an extensive period of time you have to capture a goat and yeah. then ride a uh, horse oh god i forgot about that mini game oh, it was my terrible god. You have to stop all the goats from coming out it's so dumb now i can tell you a great place to start but you have to have a gamecube or a wii u and that is with the um oh shit it's totally gone wind waker yeah wind, wind waker yeah. Yep. Wind Waker is a fantastic 3D Spoiler, Zelda game. We have that on our list for next year. Ooh, good ooh. game. Oh, oh. Wind no, Waker. I just bought one of those their GameCube controllers. I'll be able to play it. That's in my top five games of all time. And if you have a Wii U, um, it is one of the reasons to own a Wii U. Yes, it's I still have it the sealed. Reason, so I'll need to find an open, I'll need to find an no. open copy. <laughs> Look, the Wii U gets a lot of shit, but the Wii U has some pretty... If for no other reason, then you can play GameCube or uh, Wii games on your Wii U and have them upscaled and look a little better. Like, that, that is a good reason to own one. Because the playing on a Wii is kind of ridiculous at this point. I, you know, I know everybody has a Wii, but uh, the Wii U version of Wind Waker is just phenomenal. 
it, looked it was very good. Game. I played through that for the first time on Wii U, and it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. And just having the Wii U having the second screen for all your item selection and not have to flip back and forth through menus is fucking game changing. I did like that about the Wii U. I must admit, when you had when they had all the items laid out like that, it was useful. I remember playing them um, Zombie U, and it was very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they made, they remade Twilight Princess on the Wii U too, didn't they? Yeah, they I think did. they did. Yeah, they did. that would be a good way to play that. I'm surprised now, it hasn't been ported to Switch yet as well. Now, if you have a beefy PC, I will tell Ooh. you that playing Breath of the Wild in 4K. 4K 60 is a fucking thing of beauty. But you do have to have the Wii U copy to play it. But man, is that transformative for Breath of the Wild? What about if I have a potato PC? Um, you're going to need to upgrade that to a bacon-topped baked potato. Loaded okay. smudge, preferably. <laughs> I have two PCs, one that runs it in 4K60 really well, one that runs it in 1440p really well. Um, and the 4K60 takes a, a, a $700 video card plus. I'll try Just it on my new PC. Yeah, you should. I think you'll do really well with it. You can probably get into the 4K60 range. I mean, even playing that game with a locked 30 frames per second, which the, the Switch does not do, no. is is pretty remarkable. Um, and seeing that stuff, even as low res as it is, but that sort of cell shaded art style looks really great, upscaled and upresed. Um, but yeah, there's there's a ton of great Zelda games. I'm with Eric. I don't think that playing them with or without a guide is going to hurt you fundamentally. No, the only reason you have to play this one with a guide is so you know what the hell to do. It doesn't really help you with anything else. It's just, I don't know where the hell to go. Zelda guides by nature are very um, uh, easy to follow. Yeah. Now, if anybody out there would like to get into Zelda collecting guides, let me tell you a good story about hardcover Zelda collectible limited editions. We have plenty of (laughs) Zach. Zach passed one up at MoCon for five dollars it was a sealed one so my sickness has officially sealed. been addressed i think you and i have both just kind of called a truce on that we're like yeah we're done with this yeah that's that's a war nobody's gonna win it got too on, expensive. on this on to snatcher for the u.s sega cd <laughs> who's gonna be the first person to drop 500 bucks on a sega cd five. game five for a for a, a even complete copy of that you're looking at 650 plus there was one at the show and I damn near bought it because it was six fifty and he had gone down to six twenty. That one table I could have spent three grand on. Easy. Snatcher, Popful Mail, the entire Splatterhouse connection, and a Turbo Graphics. Yep. Self control. Mm. Yeah. Well, and with the Turbo Graphics, that was a good move because now you're getting yeah. Splatterhouse on I learned my lesson with the Saturn. Yeah. You know? Buying That's consoles up- where games are not easily accessible is generally not a good idea. That is an uphill battle on ice skate some days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. We do have a couple more questions. Jay Jorgensen wants to know how is old piss eyes. Didn't didn't really run into him, thankfully. Mm. Steph- Stephanie, uh, we kind of covered this. I just want to know the story, though. Zach says there is none because we played the Japanese Famicom disc version where some stuff is in English. And all the dialogue in Japanese. Also, we discovered last night that the duck in the corner shadow link tactic doesn't work in the Japanese original. But from what I read, the rest of the game is somewhat easier. Uh, do you guys know any more about the differences in release history? Seems like a very odd choice between this and the EA or EUNA. We did kind of cover a little bit of that. Yeah, we went um, pretty much through all of that, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, James, James Hall. Hall wants to know how yeah. did everyone keep their sanity or did they while still playing this one? I, it was difficult. Yeah. There, there were, were times, times where uh, I, times where I wanted to throw the old switch around the room. Yeah. I actually but had I to put not. it down a couple times and walk away. I was told about a week ago that I had to play it for the show. <laughs> and I had just finished it, so I had to play it again. <laughs> so, yeah, not all the crackers are in my marbles. No, it's not a good one. <laughs> uh, Santos, does this game replace Goof Troop as the worst game played on the show? Also, not one big box PC game bought from MoCon. Did you see any? I don't think we ever played Goof Troop on the show formally. We've talked about it. <laughs> I think we should play that, games. Eric. You should I veto it every time. I, I know you do. This, I will burn <laughs> this show to the ground. I was trying to think of worse games. I think games that, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> You've played other guide centric games. Like, you guys played The Immortal on the show, didn't you? Yes, we didn't get through it. I don't know. Pretty, for me, one of the worst was Indigo Prophecy. Like, oh, that, that fell shit. apart so badly. That's like playing Fahrenheit. Oh, it's the same game. It's the same game. Yeah. No, I know, but it's like playing that, and that's like punishment for shoplifting in Indonesian yeah. country. Uh, the big box PC games. There was actually a booth where a guy was selling nothing but boxed PC games, and nobody was at his booth. Uh, that's because that man had his head stuck up his ass and wanted like seventy dollars for a copy of Mech Warrior. Yeah, because it's in the big cardboard box. I don't give a shit. The games were twelve yeah. cents. Here's a nickel. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's on GOG for free. <laughs> yeah. You want $70 for a piece of cardboard box. And it doesn't say Rule of Rose on it, so no. <laughs> uh, ooh, Mark Marcheschi has a good good question here. Do you think the old thought about this game is true? That it would be so much better if your sword was just a bit longer? Yes, 100%. Um, well, because then there were those there were those weird Stealthos, the blue and the red ones, that they would only attack high and you could only attack them low, but their sword was just long enough to hit you while you were crouched, but you had to time it so that you swung while they were close enough to you, but before they had swung at you. So yeah, I think if your sword were just a, a few more pixels longer, um, it would have been better. But isn't a yeah. bigger sword always better? Yeah. Yes. If Look Berserk at taught us no- if Berserk taught us nothing, it was that bigger swords are always better. <laughs> yeah, what was it? The Stalfos weren't really hard until they fucking started jumping. Yeah. Oh. Oh, the other... The, there was a couple parts in that game, going back to your cooker, you could physically get stuck. Um, yeah. And the Stalfos, the ones where you'd come up from an elevator, and then they'd pop down, you needed magic to cast jump to get up. You just physically yep. couldn't get up. But yeah, that... Yep. Back to that. I hate it when you can't get up. Let's see. Shannon McIntosh, even if you didn't love the game, which you should have, do you at least give the developers credit for going a drastically different direction, or would you have rather had the first game again with new maps, dungeons, items, and such? I I do applaud them for trying something different, but overall I would have preferred another standard Zelda. I don't know. I think at this point, though, they were still early enough in the franchise where trying to branch out and say, okay, well, maybe this will work. Um, I always applaud different directions. It's just... Well, yeah. they're, st- they're still branching out now. Look at Breath of the Wild. It's completely different from any that came before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll never take anything away from Nintendo for being Nintendo and just saying, fuck it, let's do a 180 and do something completely different. Um, because I think it makes their later games stronger. Again, there's stuff in Zelda 2 that's in Zelda games today. 
So that can't be a bad thing. Mm. I didn't enjoy the execution, um, but I applaud them for trying something new all the time. Wilfredo Garcia, do you think I Am Error was an omen when it came to Zelda 2? <laughs> yes. This yes. was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake. <laughs> I just objectively, I don't see how anybody can look at this and go, yep, my favorite Zelda. I think it's one of those things like I'm going to say this to be cool. Like I want to be part of this like anti crowd. No, you don't. You don't like it. Nobody really likes this. It's it's not on my list to play over and over and over or ever. I can see how you might enjoy it because it's different. But like if you stack this up against the rest of the Zelda games, it's clearly not the best. Well, case in point, I've never played a Zelda game like this because I finished this in my second run in less than six hours. Apparently, the world record for beating this is 18 minutes. What? Yeah, it took me 18 days. (laughs) I beat it in less than six hours, but that was... I was looking at it, and I know this game really minutes? That's got to be glitches. I'm sure. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, guys, that's... Ugh. That's Zelda 2. We've played we've played get it better games, but next up, courtesy of Yomus Reagan, we have Ronnie Pickering Simulator, The Getaway. And boy, Ooh. this one's gonna be rough. I popped it in last <laughs> night to start and Hoo Doggy! So prepare yourself for the inevitable onslaught of Ronnie Pickering impressions, because it's gonna happen. The entire opening <laughs> cutscene, I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're saying. <laughs> or are you <laughs> Excellent. You still that, more child, you fucking muppet. That's a PlayStation 2 game, right? Yes. yes. I can't imagine it aged well. <laughs> no. Particularly, we'll the, si- show, particularly but- the system where you have to navigate through the city using the indicators on the car. Ah, uh, excellent. Which never worked very well to start with. So so we'll get yeah. into this more, but the opening cutscene, your wife gets killed and your son gets kidnapped and you run and you hijack a car and then the game starts. Well, I got into the car and couldn't figure out how to move it forward and went, well, excellent. looks like my kid's dead. Going to go back in and finish my nap. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I think it's a- actually made by the same studio who made Blood and Truth. Oh, well, at least what what remains of them. (laughs) Yeah. I always look at games that add abject mechanics that don't make sense, like the car indicator thing. Like, oh, yes, you know what would make this game better? Let's give it working windshield wiper blades. Let's give it a turn signal. Yes. (laughs) Let's map the gas and brake to the right stick. Hey, did you ever great. play um oh it was out of this world on super nintendo or another yeah. world if you played it on any other platform remember the section where you get to the tank and there's yes. like an entire control panel with like 60 buttons and half of them do nothing i always yeah. feel like that when i play with games that add too much realism <laughs> like oh here's the button what does it do that yeah, makes the cup holder come out excellent like like red dead 2 ridiculous oh my fucking god white trash simulator 2 i <laughs> Now, I I give Red Dead 2 every bit of credit on the face of the earth for accurately simulating what it is to be a shit kicker. I've just never wanted to be one. I've never wanted to pat my horse or wash my ass so I could catch wild bunnies. I've never... (laughs) 
I'm it is, it is however, letting Tom live his desire to be a serial killer without yes. any of the harm coming to anybody else. We always <laughs> so knew it was hidden all. in there with every photo that he has ever taken. He looks like <laughs> yes. he's about to murder somebody. <laughs> I Love know you, that everybody... Oh my god, I know everybody tells me that the story of Red Dead 2 is just riveting. I just don't care. It's not. I just don't. It's alright. You might as well it's have, like... We're, we're going to come up with a simulator of how they wrote the Declaration of Independence. Like, just cross that off my list. I don't care. I don't Kill me care. now. I've never wanted to live in an age where the harmonica was the main musical instrument. I've never wanted to wipe my ass with a corn cob. I've never, <laughs> never had the desire to do any of these things. And, and I'm a Caucasian gentleman, so apparently I'm going to go through a cowboy phase at some point as part of my midlife. But I'm not there yet. <laughs> How'd you like to go ride a horse for 10 days? I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd prefer to ride in that goddamn Jetta. hopefully obvious increase in this week's audio quality is a result of our brand new recording equipment, which was only made possible through the generosity of all of our Patreon supporters, with an extra special thank you to the following. Santos Lopez, Zach Foley, Phil Gartside, Stephanie, Nicholas Bradley, James Hall, Thomas McGrew, Chad Schaefer, Richard Cutris, Jordan Lawfrey, Jeremy Sanford, Miles Prower, Jeremy Lucas, and Samuel Chun.